This episode is brought to you by Netgear, Orbi Wi-Fi 6. Is your Wi-Fi feeling old? It doesn't matter how fast your internet connection is if your Wi-Fi router is old and outdated. With Orbi Wi-Fi 6 from Netgear, your Wi-Fi will feel new again. Check out Orbi Wi-Fi 6 at your local Best Buy or at netgear.com slash best Wi-Fi. That's netgear.com slash best Wi-Fi. Coming up on TMS, Mad Max Hugh. Let's try that again. <laughs> Mad Max, who runs Christmas Town? Trump Twitter Turing Test. Bed, bath, and colon. A little Spider-Man powder. Cartwright, your butt probe is ready. Always barf on the Quaker Oats man. Slightly glapist. Making things with Bill. Jury duty and more on this episode of The Morning Stream. People think there was never dinosaurs. Um, those people are, let me put this nicely. Uh, incorrect. Okay. You come before me with an empty sack. The morning stream. The morning stream. The next best thing since sliced bread. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the morning stream. It is the morning stream for November 19th, 2019. I'm Scott Johnson. This is Brian Ibbett over here. Uber derber derber. That, that is over over here. Over here. Hey, I'm help. I'm over here. Uber derber uh, Did you see? Yeah. Did you see that vi- the video that goes along with that Jeff Goldblum clip? Because that, that was the uh, Jimmy Kimmel interview that he did last week. Oh no, um, I got it off of. Um, I got it off the show, the actual show, that thing that's on Disney Plus. It's uh, it's him talking to that uh, sneaker designer kid. Oh, okay. Because he did. There was a. I could have sworn there was a thing that he did on Jimmy Kimmel talking about the dinosaurs too, where he said almost the exact same thing. But you know what? I think I am thinking of the sneaker designer. Kid. Maybe he repeated himself. I don't know. It was weird. But he no, he, uh, no. I think I'm. I'm just uh, conflating. Not conflating. I'm. I'm. I'm amalgamating the two. Uh, possible. The two appearances. It's a lot. A lot of Jeff Goldblum in our lives right now. It's kind of hard to avoid. Dude, you gotta at some point you gotta go look and see what he wore on the Jimmy Kimmel show uh, <laughs> last week, last Friday. Did he wear his cool sneakers that he has in the show? Because those yes, are, he absolutely did. Those are uh, cool. And those are really cool sneakers. They really are. Oh, there's a little zebra pattern hidden <laughs> hidden in the tongue here. Because only <laughs> only only I know about this. Um, I find the, uh, that show delightful. I love it. I do too. Yeah. Oh yeah, I can't. I want. I can't wait for more of it. Yeah. When does that come out? Does that have a week schedule? It's a weekly. It comes out the same day as the as the Mandalorian episode. Oh, it's right. Fridays. I just do yeah. Fridays on that stuff. Okay, that's fine. But yeah, yep. it's a it's a nice little surprise how much I like it. I did. I watched the ice cream one yesterday. That was also great. Oh, haven't watched that one yet. Yeah, it was it was good. It made me really miss ice cream, which I haven't had in about three months. So uh, missing that, missing the ice cream. Aww. Yeah. Aww. Eh. Um. You know. He talks about uh, future episodes of that that Disney Plus show. There's one that's going to be all about pools. Oh, and he's going to go to a uh, he goes to Raging Waters uh, uh, water park. That is the first time I've ever been to a water park, Jimmy. <laughs> <laughs> is that true? It's really about pools. Yeah, he never he's never been to he never been to a water park, and they put him on a tube. And uh, that's fantastic. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So oh, wait, do we wait get a do we get a shirtless? Because we haven't really had a shirtless gold bloom since the fly or something, right? Since the fly, didn't we? Did we get one in uh, Jurassic Park, or was he just always wearing that uh, that black button up? I think he always was dressed. 
I'm not sure. Yeah. I mean, we did have the the scene in Jurassic Park where he was, you know, the shirt was all stripped down to his belly or whatever when he's laying on that table. Oh, asking, yeah. Uh, yeah. You, you always said you could, but you didn't ask if you should. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Would you do, would you Google search and great now this is in my google search history yeah. shirtless jeff goldblum <laughs> that is the 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 image that you get is the one of him reclining yeah you know back with the uh, open black button-up shirt yeah my favorite it's almost as good as your chicken uh phone replacement gif uh, yeah. that someone did of you but the the gif of dr grant laying on his belly as it rises and falls <laughs> like he's right like he's <laughs> Is my favorite gift. The Triceratops. On the yeah, it's my favorite gift in the world. Somebody went through a lot of work to make that thing. That is, yeah, that is fantastic. Yeah, there's another one apparently where he's going to be giving somebody a tattoo. Mm. Oh, tattoos. That makes Jeff sense. Goldblum. Yeah, yeah. He's not going to get one, but he's going to give give one to someone. Correct. Yes, he's going to give somebody. He's going to apply a few marks to a Jeff Goldblum tattoo that somebody is getting. Wow, that's fantastic. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I'm. I'm looking forward to that as well. No, I missed that interview. I wouldn't. I. I might track it down and listen to it. it it's actually a really good one. It's worth tracking down. And his outfit is absolutely incredible. Mm. Zebra pattern striped pants, um, a shiny jacket, uh, a zebra print tie. It's just. It's just a thing to behold. All right. I'm going to behold it then. That's what I'll do. You should be holding it. Yep. Hold it. I will be the eye of the beholder soon enough. Uh, it's good to be here, everybody. Here we Welcome back to the show. Got a lot to talk about. So yesterday we uh, took Kim to the old, uh, the old HIPAA breaking oh. colonoscopy trip. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, how that <laughs> HIPAA breaker? Uh, how did that? How that go? Well, here's the audio I captured. Basically, it just and I'm not going to play because it, it was worthless. Here's how it sounded. It was me going, "How you doing? Are you feeling okay? Yeah, I'm okay. Oh, okay. Do you <laughs> do you have do you have anything weird you want to say, or do you want to you know make some kind of weird non sequitur comments or anything? No, I'm good. What, uh, did the doctor say when he's coming back? She just was normal when she came out. <laughs> it was like there's no revenge there. She was just 100 percent oh, normal. Funny. No, nothing weird. No, no uh, comments that she doesn't remember today. Like she just came out like it was like she was waking up from a Sunday afternoon nap. It was ridiculous. That's hilarious. It was perfectly coherent. No. I love it. Uh, that's so Kim. That is absolutely so Kim. It and really many, was. Uh, oh, you should come me. home and watch like eight, uh, uh, eight Hallmark Christmas episodes. I mean, you think you're exaggerating. You're not. <laughs> you're literally not exaggerating. I think it may have been we're into the ninth one that she that she watched yesterday. That's how many oh, she watched. I love it. And so Brian, that's I have so some good. really great stuff to share with you shortly about the Hallmark oh, Christmas good. movies. Oh, uh, what was the thing? Gina was telling me that there's a, um, maybe somebody posted this in the tadpole, but there's a deal right now where you can get money if you watch. Oh yeah. Here we go. Uh, watch 24 Hallmark Christmas movies in 12 days and earn $1,000. Yep. Yeah, the only, the, the problem with it, I think is they have to track, but give you some kind of tracker or something. Don't they? Because how okay, else are they going to know? A, how else do they know you've watched them? You're going to say, oh, I, um, I've watched them. You're going to have many. to write an essay on each one. <laughs> no, here it is. Here it is. Here's here's your deal. Uh, you don't like Christmas. You love it. You must be over 18 and be a U.S. Re resident. You must know how to work the gram, <laughs> Twitter, or Facebook. We want someone who's willing to document their Hallmark Marathon with their followers. We want you to have opinions. Lots of them think the grumpy grandpa turned Jolly Santa was a little overdone. Be as honest as possible in your review. So, um, that's it. That's it. 
Yeah. If All you right. win, we'll hook you up with your very own Hallmark binge watching package, a streaming service subscription, a packet of hot cocoa, a box of Christmas cookies, a string of fairy lights, a mini Christmas tree, and more Hallmark swag than you could ever need. In return, here's what we need Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Each time you turn on a movie, include the hashtag Countdown to Christmas. We complete the job by Christmas Day. I guess I don't understand. Oh, okay. So here's she she goes to this page and fills out this application. Yeah. And if uh if they pick her, then she gets all that and then she has to do the do the the watching. Oh, then you do the gram, binge. Okay. gramming and tweeting and posting. Got ya. Okay. Still feels like I mean, hey, a thousand bucks? She's gonna do it anyway. I guarantee right? it. Yeah, she she absolutely will do it anyway. Like that's what She's she got does. A good amount of followers. Oh, the stupid stuff I was subjected to yesterday, dude. It's so bad. I don't know why that's popular. And look, look, I know we have this conversation every year, and I'm not gonna cast shade on people who like the Hallmark movies. Sure. But I'm just, I just need to ask them. Like, you know that it's the most like contrived, and then constantly copied and duplicated story stuff ever, right? Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. Tell, tell me in in the eight episodes that she watched yesterday, uh, did one of them feature a harried ad exec overworked busy who just can't find the joy in christmas until the very end when i when... think <laughs> i think all of them did <laughs> every one of them had some friend calling from new york going don't you miss new york come on back and i'll partner you up with the company you can be a partner this time hey why don't you leave your dumb little town behind Oh, no, I, I can't leave this town. They've got the spirit of Christmas that I just can't find anywhere else. There's one I watched that literally the town was called Christmas. <laughs> I think They're I th not even trying anymore. <laughs> I think that the name of the movie is A Town Called Christmas. I think that's the name of it. <laughs> <clears throat> I mean, I, I again, I'm not, I don't want to cast shade because I understand. My wife loves them and I respect it and I want her to enjoy it and it's fine. It's like your wife and the and the Bravo shows like, uh, you know, yeah, the, the real housewife stuff. Yeah. yeah, I imagine at some point we're just going to get to the point where it's so lazy. It's eight people dressed as elves uh <laughs> walking around giving sugar cookie recipes for 2 hours. Oh my gosh, that's so funny you said that cuz the last one, the Lori Laughlin we saw uh -huh. Had a whole. What, did you get a sugar cookie recipe? It that was one? a whole. It was a whole scene where they all came together to share their sugar cookie recipes. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding. Oh my god! Wow, yeah. this is awesome. It was really great. So uh, uh, I'm gonna. So I have, I have additional things to share on that regard here in a moment. But before we get to that, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. There is an the there is an Asian lady working at the colon place, which is what I call it now. The colon place. Yeah, the colon place. <laughs> Bed, bath, and colons. <laughs> it's the endoscopy, or is a, a Rocky Mountain, or no, Rocky Mountain endoscopy, which I think is a poor use of terms, um, because I don't want Rocky Mountain yeah. and my colon in the same. Rocky. Rocky yeah. and colon. Yeah, yeah, no. Not like that. Is it, where's the, where's the, uh, where's the accent mark? And is it endoscopy or endoscopy? It would be endoscopy. That doesn't sound right. Endoscopy? But colonoscopy yeah, no. and, and, and yeah that's the thing Endos, endoscopy 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 yeah okay end of your scope i don't know sure anyway so this place we're in there and it's you know it is what it is and it's full of people waiting for their turn just very busy it's a nice very nice clinic it's all dedicated to this uh instead of a hospital type place it's more of a clinic uh setting and it's nice and uh it's fine. Every once in a while, a dude, a dude or lady will come out in uh, in blue scrubs, with with a piece of paper, like a file folder thing, 
and say, uh, Janet with Bill? Janet with Bill? And then Janet will go, oh, that's me. And Bill's like her buddy. You have to have a buddy, right? Sure. To take you yeah, home, so. yeah. You gotta have and your, she goes, all your right. Your partner. Your and they, buddy. <laughs> and, they very, and they very quietly say, uh, we'll, we'll have her for about 45 minutes, and then uh, we'll, we'll uh, bring you in after she's ready. Sound good? And the guy will go, yeah. And then she'll slink off and take her in there. And this happens nice. over and over with very soft-spoken Lovely sure, people like, will come out and do it. Like a golf announcer is is taking your is taking people's uh, significant others back into the back room. Yep, and it's created kind of a library atmosphere. Nobody's really sure. on their phones talking. It's very quiet out there in that that space. There's no music playing. You can kind of hear mumbling behind the desk with the women who are covering the desk there. So they're kind of going taking a phone call. Yes, thank you for calling Intermountain whatever butt clinic. You know. So this is right. all going on. <laughs> right. This is all happening, and I'm thinking, this is great. Then this one lady in blue scrubs comes out. It's the first time we've seen her. She's like the fourth out to come get somebody. And she goes, she, go, she goes, William with Janet. <laughs> this Asian lady. And I, and I, and it's not a little German there, but I know where you're going. Yeah. She goes, William with Janet. Janet. Like she's yelling this as loud as she can. And I don't know uh, why. I don't know why. But the people who are the people go, ah, you know, kind of dropping their iPads, looking up. Okay, oh, what? I'm, yeah, sure. that's us. She goes, okay, you come back with me. You bring all your stuff. Bring all your stuff. She's like yelling at them to bring all their stuff. They bring all their stuff. As soon as she gets toward the door, not in the door, not behind the door, not out of your reach. She starts yeah. going, okay, I understand you're coming in for a, uh, you do colonoscopy today. <laughs> I mean, she's yelling that loud. And all There's I can no client-patient or no. doctor-patient confidentiality or anything. Yeah. There. She goes, now you need to go bathroom before? You go bathroom before. Don't we don't have a problem on the table. Oh, like that. Now, I know that all sounds a little oh. slightly racist. I am doing an exact impression of what she was yelling. I am telling you. She was yelling <laughs> that stuff. And it made Listen, everybody we're the, uncomfortable. We're the show that... We're the show that brought you the clip clop. We've already, we've already, uh, I've crossed that already... divide. Yeah, we're done. Exactly. There. Yes. I uh, can't unring that bell. It did sound like my my angry Korean sister in law. She sounded, she sounded like she does when she gets mad. Uh, but anyway, she was friendly, but just so turned up to twelve, and just, and then the next group would come out. Yes, we're looking for a uh, Sheila with a uh, Bill. Thank you. Come on back to the thing. Like just another one of those guys would come out, and we're like, oh back to normal and then came i don't know her name she'd come out again and go okay <laughs> yeah <laughs> it was the weirdest thing dude <laughs> anyway so there was that kim got in kim got out it was all good no issues uh just you're supposed to get them now when you're 45 and she's that so or she's 46 but they changed it they rolled it back it used to be 50 now they they moved it back so uh we sat her down she didn't say anything like this hold on that guy on Twitter lied. She didn't say anything weird. Of course not. Fully coherent. That's what I'd completely expect from Kim, is that she'd be completely coherent. You're right. That. And I, part of me thinks that she worked really hard ahead of time to convince her mind not to do anything stupid because she knew I'd play it on the air. I yeah. feel like part of her was like in there going, okay, when you wake up, you're going to just be normal, say only normal things. Only, you know, she's like she trained herself. They conk her out. She wakes up. And when she was first waking up, I, saw, I got hope because she was just like, Barely moving. I go, honey, you feeling okay? And she and I was recording at this time. Okay, I had the t I had the thing up. I had my phone up. I was holding it next mm -hmm. to her, and she just gives me a little thumbs up. I'm like, 
I'm like, come on, more than that? Give me more than that. Give me oh, more than that. Great. Anyway. She knows. She knows. I was very disappointed. Absolutely she knows. But uh, at the same time, you know, I guess, well done. Uh, cool. All right. Hey, before before yeah. we do get to these Hallmark Christmas things, one really quick thing. We have two birthdays to give a shout out to. Can I do that really quick? Yes, please do. First off, we have uh, our very own Gidget Von LaRue, who is celebrating a birthday today. I don't know how schnockered she is from from a box of wine, but uh, hopefully she's doing. I don't know if she's, know if she's a wine, a box wine drinker, but um, happy birthday uh, to Gidget. And also, coincidentally, um, happy birthday to uh, Lisa from Oklahoma, who's also celebrating a birthday. Oh. Uh, completely completely uh separate from gidget uh lucy from oklahoma also oh i see i see they because they're not the same people they're different no 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 they're different people but they just happen to have the same birthday so happy birthday also to uh, lucy from oklahoma crazy coincidence there yeah it's really good all right well here let's play that's possible all right let's play that let's play that for this for them hold on happy birthday (laughs) to you there you go there's a Miyagi there birthday. Yep. And uh, uh, ASCAP, go collect your money from Pat Morita. Pat Morita <laughs> has your check. He does. He's he will a, happily pay you. He catch a fly with chopsticks. It's his ghost, but he'll give you what you want. All right. <laughs> uh, all right. So this is funny. We're watching this Lori Laughlin one. Okay. Yeah. I happen to be in the room. And as it's playing, it's a it's one from last year, and I think it's one before this the the controversy. Have, and I was the, gonna say it would have to be. I don't think I think uh, Hallmark may not touch uh, Lori Laughlin with a a ten foot Yule Yule log yeah. uh, at this point going forward. <laughs> I think you're right, and I think that's it for her because she's already served her time, right, or at least on the initial conviction. I think she's done. Well, Lori, yeah, I think so. Right, exactly. I don't yes. remember who's in jail at the moment for that, but anyway, um, I don't, currently probably not anybody. If if uh, if Felicity Huffman, if the Huffman is out, then I think Lori Laughlin served her time before the Huffman. Maybe. And maybe she's still, oh, she's oh, still no, fighting Icor, the charge. Icor says that she's still fighting it. Okay, okay, so she may not be in there. So somebody told me a long time ago that she had a scene in, uh, what's the show she was on? Um, the <laughs> Full House. Full House, where yeah. she was lecturing her daughter, uh, her fake daughter on the show, how not to yeah, uh, yes. cheat to get into school or something. She, yes. Uh-huh. And uh, for everyone who doesn't understand what we're talking about, these people are all embroiled in a recent uh, issue and a legal issue where they were uh, illegally gaining favor so that their kids, by paying a crap ton of money, could basically cheat the system and get into schools they weren't they wouldn't qualify for or into sports programs they didn't qualify for and that right. sort of thing. And so, uh, anyway, she was famous for that. Well, last night <laughs> we're watching this one. And as uh-huh. it's unfolding, I'm like, all right, this is pretty funny. She's standing there, and I see this student. It's supposed to be a high school student come swooping in. And I went, oh, wouldn't it be fun? I turn to Kim. I go, wouldn't this be funny if she, like, helped this kid, like, sneak into a school she's not supposed to be in or something? Like, I just made it just a rat little comment. Offhand joke, yeah. Right. And then this got said. Let's listen to this clip. Here you go. Your mom said you want to go to the Fashion Institute? Yeah, but I didn't apply. I mean, like she says, they only take 40 people a year. I think you could be one of them. Really? Not that it matters. It's too late to apply now anyway. I know the dean. I could make a phone call, find out about the application timeline for you. Would you really do that for me? Of course. Everyone deserves to follow their dreams. <laughs> Your honor. Your I honor. Implore I implore you. you. <laughs> Is that great? Exhibit. I present Exhibit A. Yeah. 
and that was one of the last movies she did for the channel. So then there was a little bit more later. Uh, this uh -huh. this also kind of adds to it, so I'll just play this. And you have until January 1st, but you have to get your application in right away because they're shutting down for Christmas. And I might have put a good word in for you, so use my name if you do apply. Thank you so much. I think I'm going to do it. Oh, my gosh, dude. It's just like real life <laughs> torn from the headlines. It's crazy. Now, how did Kim react to you having to do this film sack thing where you're like, oh, pause. All right, let me hook up the stuff to record the show. Hold she, on. It's like, all uh, right, now we're going to play. All right. Credit to her. She was... She was like, "Oh my gosh, I cannot believe this is happening. You need to, you need to timestamp these." I said, "Oh, okay, yeah, and I'll go." And so I capped them later. I went down here and oh, did, it, did oh, it later. I didn't do it in real time, so I had to come down here and like scrub through this freaking barnyard of Christmas movie or whatever the hell it's called, and track down twenty-five minutes in, thirty-seven minutes in. Ugh. And there's a thing at the end where the girl gets into this fashion institute and they celebrate, but it wasn't really audio I could use, but. The whole thing felt like an allegory for her real-life cheatery. Totally. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it was real dumb. Super dumb. Now, who's the one that's married to uh, William H. Macy? It's not her. It's the other one. Felicity Huffman. Felicity Huffman. Felicity is, yeah. Huffman is. And the Huffman. And Huffman's not on... She's not in any of the this stuff. She's not in the Hallmark You know movies. what? I don't think so. Let's see. Somebody posted a link a minute ago to the IMDb... Uh, there it is right there. The IMDb Christmas Hallmark Christmas actresses list. <laughs> this, I'm, I'm, I don't know why I'm acting surprised that this exists. Of course it does. Uh, would you, oh, would you like, maybe let's see if you can guess how many, how many of the, uh, the actresses on Hallmark Christmas. Uh, okay. Let me, you can let me try it. Can we try to name one? Uh, or yeah. Some? All yeah. right, the redheaded girl from uh, that one episode of the Breaking or of the Undead of the of the Walking Dead. Ding 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 ding. Alicia Witt is here. Alicia Witt, correct? Yeah. If you get these, if I get one of these wrong, I'm gonna go no. And if I get them right, lava flow. Okay, so that's a lava right, flow. So Give me I, I, Alicia Witt, also from Dune, and uh, she was uh, Taylor Kitsch's mom on uh, Friday Night Lights. And she was on that Sybil Shepherd show. I actually really like her in everything. Yeah. But these. Oh the, yeah. The whole yeah. the how the holiday things. She's very good she's, in a lot of uh, stuff. Yeah. You can tell she's been she she you know, grown up child actress. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, let well, me try so, another one. Um, like, she's got that. She's always got that like Nickelodeon overacting drama thing that she does. <laughs> some stuff. Anyway. Um. That might be all I can do. I can't oh, really? do it anymore. Right. I can't think of it anymore. I'll give you a few here. Uh, Danica McKellar uh, from uh, The Wonder Years. Oh, the oh, right. The girlfriend. Winnie, Coop Winnie Cooper. Winnie, yep. yep. Uh, Candace Cameron, speaking of Full House. Okay. Uh, let's see. Me. Lacey Chabert from Party of Five. Uh, still, oh, the little one. The little kid. Still trying to make, uh, yeah, still trying to make fetch happen. Right. I do remember seeing one with her in it while Kim was watching it. Uh, Allison Sweeney. I forgot she was saying from, fetch. Uh, Days of Our Lives. Speaking of Days of Our Lives, she was the, uh, uh, was it Roman's daughter? She was somebody's daughter. Everybody's somebody's daughter. Or <laughs> she was somebody's daughter on Days of Our Lives. Uh, Bowen Hope. She was a, daughter, maybe? you're I saying she was a significant character's offspring, is what you're saying. Right. Yeah. Uh, Kelly Martin from ER. Okay. Oh, uh, Holly Robin Holly Robinson Pete from Twenty One Jump 21 Street. Twenty One Jump Street. <laughs> I know her. Yeah. All right. Uh, Josie Bissett from uh, Melrose Place. Shut, the the, shut up. the really? blonde with a bob. Really. Yep. yep. Okay. 
I noticed they oh, also. This is such a great list because it's like, oh yeah, I remember these people from the nineties. <laughs> I, I saw one last year with Kim that John Ratzenberger was in, so that's a thing. He did. That oh once. wow! Yeah. Yeah, well, uh, you know, the uh, story of Christmas actually is uh, pretty, pretty. <laughs> All right, you know, you, guys... uh, you might find your Christmas spirit if you uh, head down to the local post office. You have two. I'm just going to throw this out there. Brian has. <laughs> he has two dead perfect impressions. One is one is Ratzenberger from Cheers, uh-huh. and one is uh, James from James and Svet from Same Sex Marriage. Those two impressions are spotless. Like I hundred percent believe I'm listening to the people who who do it. When you do it, awesome. That's really impressive. Uh, get to, do you, anyway, uh, any yeah. no other significant names? Nobody else we do. Uh, Andy McDowell, uh, Kimberly Williams Paisley, who was in Father of the Bride. Yeah, didn't realize she married Brad Paisley. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Oh, that would explain the Paisley in their name. Yeah, exactly. If she breaks up with him and marries Ray Park, then she'll be Kimberly Williams Paisley Park. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, she should marry somebody named Plaid because then she'll be Paisley Plaid at the end. <laughs> I like that. Those are clash. Uh, you don't want those good. together. Anyway, yeah, nobody else of note. But uh, there's your Hallmark actresses. Yay! Uh, that apparently, uh, according to Jeannie, is has not been updated for 2019. Yes, I and I haven't. Um, I don't think I've seen anything that's 2019. Well, maybe we have. I don't know. Have they I, come I, out? Have they come out with a fresh batch? I mean, I have. Like a, well, I, every year, new- <laughs> this year, there's like 40 new ones or something crazy like that. And uh-huh. I, I guess it's, you know, again, it's fine. It's a form of entertainment. Some people like it. Uh, and I get the the feeling of Christmas is always there, right? Like, that's the idea is they're trying to really pump the Christmas part up. And it's great. That that part, I, you know, I like that. Yeah. I like Christmas. That's so great. It's just every storyline is, oh, I'm just in town for a week. I'm just here to, I just needed a break. I was kind of having a breakdown at the company I'm at in New York. It's always New York, by mm-hmm. the way. They're always mm-hmm. from New York. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. And then she meets some burly guy who runs a local tractor company or something. Uh-huh. And then he's good looking. Oh, I remember you right. from high school. But, but totally from a dis- different class and the other side of the tracks. Right. And- All that stuff. Yeah. And it's just like, okay, we're good. I only date lawyers and uh, <laughs> I don't date tractor mechanics yeah and i'm and i it's funny i bet if i went and searched there's a lot of character actors that i really like who are in these things uh as extras mm-hmm. like the old guy that's that's needs to finally sell the the corner store who's every movie's got an old guy who wants to retire and sell yeah. sell the family business and everyone talks him out of it ah sure. it's sure. annoying Anyway, whatever. You guys have your thing. We have our things. Everybody can have their things. It's fine. Exactly. Yep. I have a quick people shout can, out. People oh. can, uh, you know, do their, you give me crap for liking uh, Hudson Hawk or uh, Love Boat, Fantasy Island, whatever. I'll take it. Totally yeah. deserve it. Or my, you know, my stupid Mad Max obsession or whatever. I, you know, I deserve well, some heat for that as well. The first, the first stepping is, is admitting, is admitting you have a problem, Scott. Yeah. So very good. Yeah. I have no problem admitting that I'm, I'm obsessed about it. And people are always like expecting a fight when they tell me that they don't like it. They'll say, oh, I don't like that movie at all. What are you going to do? Yeah. And I'm like, you're gonna be nothing. Like, okay, cool. That's fine. More for me. Yeah, more for me. Yeah. I'll go watch yeah, like it. You're one person I won't have to fight in line for to go see the sequel. So good. <laughs> which is which is in pre-production, by the way. I know. Yeah, that the uh, boy, the interview on that on that in that article with George Miller, and he talks about 
you know, the Doof Warrior. Oh, I could do a whole movie about the Doof Warrior and how he came to be and all that. I'm like, oh my God. Yep. HBO series, bring it on. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the next step, in my opinion. You make one more movie, you make the fifth one, you make it awesome, mm-hmm. and then you lean then you lean into serial, you know, television uh, approach. And I would yeah. be, I would be so on the hook, dude. Oh my gosh, let's just make it happen. George Miller TV. Hello and welcome. Perfect time for you it. You know what? Maybe maybe Hallmark needs to uh, uh, to figure out ways to kind of make it a more, you know, both. Both genders enjoying their Hallmark Christmas things by doing rom-com or romantic Hallmark versions of popular action franchises, right? So you've got, you've got, uh, he's a crazy car driver driving through a post-apocalyptic wasteland. <laughs> She's a one-armed uh, truck driver who's trying to get some brides away from an ego maniacal. <laughs> she, she's she's uh, got a giant truck full of mother's milk. What could go wrong? Will they find the Christmas spirit somewhere by a <laughs> by a guy who has a flamethrower for guitar? <laughs> Tune in and find out on that's bait or whatever we call it. We don't you don't even want to call it like uh, Mad Max. No, you call it Mad Max colon uh, the road to, <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> the road see. to Christmas Town. I don't know how road you road to Christmas right. right. Yeah. Who runs Christmas yeah, Town? Who runs Christmas Town? <laughs> That's it. That's the one. Who runs Christmas Town? Oh my gosh, dude! Now I gotta draw that or <laughs> Photoshop it or something. That's amazing. All With right, the Hallmark logo on the bottom right. Perfect. Amazing. All right, I gotta give a quick shout out uh, to a f- a fellow cat yeah. uh, owner and lover. Uh, his name is Dave Lee. He reached out to us on Twitter to let us know that his cat of 16 years. He had a cat named Jazz for 16 years. Uh, passed away the other day so we wanted to just give him a little shout out you know you know our pet love out to uh he's usually in the chat room under the name d lee mke oh there you go that's right um and that's which i think we've uh, mispronounced as d lee mike or something like that so right and he's got a that's also his twitter account i think or something close to it anyway oh it might be yeah if it is uh you know reach out to him say hi today and tell him uh, you're sorry to hear about his cat he sent a picture of, of his cat watching, or while he's watching TMS on a TV, <laughs> and the cat laying in front of the television, which is pretty cool. That's really, really cool. Yeah. So anyway, I just wanted to give him a shout out and tell him yeah. we're, uh, we're thinking about him. Pets are, uh, you know, pets are tricky. Pets are awesome. Yep. I don't want them to die. That's the thing. They all have these short lifespans. Because, mm-hmm. uh, you know, they're 15, <clears throat> 15, uh, 10 to 15 years of love, and, uh, and then six to... 10 years of heartbreak afterwards. <laughs> yeah. And it's funny because as I, as I have gotten, as I keep getting to this place where I talk about how fast time is going, mm-hmm. the pets age quicker as a result because my perception is they're not here as long as they used to be when I was younger. I yeah. it felt like you had a yeah. dog forever. Now you feel like it's just this blip in time. So uh, anyway, I know how you feel. I would be, I'd be mortified if, uh, if Rainer kicked the bucket. Oh, man. Mm-hmm. I can't deal with oh, it. I, I can't even want to think about it. I know. You know what's funny is I'm saying this sweet thing about her right now while literally right now she is having somebody with a pair of gloves on squeeze her anus and express it. <laughs> you know what? She right now, uh, just because uh, dogs can sense this, she knows you're you're thinking about her and knows you're talking about her. As, I guess as her so. anus is She's sitting squeezed. there going, oh, my owner. <laughs> squeeze the anus. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, she's at the vet getting that done and getting groomed. Yeah. And- they're probably gonna put a bow on her and all that dumb stuff. She hates it. Perfect. 
All right. Well, guess what time it is, Brian? What time is it, Scott? It's this. Time for the moo- the moves. The news, and it's brought to you by America's Next Top Podcast. Your new episode coming out today is Alex interviews. <gasps> I can't tell you because it's a spoiler, but it's the contestant that got eliminated on yesterday's episode. Ooh. Oh, Ooh. a lot of people. A lot of many, many people. Very disappointed. <laughs> On both sides, by uh, the person who got eliminated on on yesterday's show. Good a lot use, of people. good use of both Believe, sides, by the way. Trust me, trust me. I can tell you this. Yeah. I can tell you this. A lot of people disappointed. <laughs> so wait, remind me the which comp or which uh, challenge the, was it? Uh, the challenge of creating a daily news uh, and commentary podcast. That and, was a uh, hard one to judge. The last person to get eliminated before. Um, individual competition yeah that was a hard one for me didn't like yeah. that one i mean it was it, it was the right everything was good about the show and and the contestant was amazing and super you know mm-hmm. humble Absolutely. and all that but uh yeah. on a personal level it was not an easy it was hard vote. to see this person go yeah. yes for sure that person is good at this stuff anyway that's all yeah. the close to spoilers we'll give about ANTP. Where can uh, Brian, where well, can people get it? Where can they oh, go get it? At America's Next Top Podcaster.com or go into your podcast application of choice. You know, those applications that you put on your smart telephones. Mm-hmm. Uh, go in there and type uh, America's Next Top Podcaster and you'll get your, your uh, uh, iPod uh, casts delivered. <laughs> <laughs> nice. trying, there's really no uh, podcast isn't really like a, an abbreviation of anything except for iPod casts. Yeah. I'm surprised you didn't call it a podcatcher. I was expecting that. Remember a that? Netcast. We used oh to, yeah, podcatchers. We used to do that all the time. Ugh. Yeah. Ooh. And, then, and then we'd tell you guys to go uh give us a vote on uh Podcast, podcast Alley. Podcast Alley. Yeah. Yeah. It's good stuff. So I could be number one, so it won't be freaking uh live talk live again or whatever the heck that thing was free talk live yeah free talk live keith and the girl or whoever was on keith there and the girl or uh don and drew oh my gosh this is throwing me back real hard yeah yeah all right uh we got a story here about a father and son held over from yesterday oh, good. oh i like i like good father and son son uh uh you know like sweet stories about fathers and sons and the things that they share with one another yeah the things they give each other it's really heartwarming yeah. stuff yeah, Perfect yeah. time for the holiday season. Well, a father was arrested after his five-year-old son brought heroin to school, saying it, ta- uh, uh, saying tasting it turned him into Spider-Man. Oh my God! Yeah, yeah. Massachusetts father was arrested and charged Friday after this kid did this. Brought a little baggie of heroin to his kindergarten and told his teacher he turns into Spider-Man when he tastes it. The boy showed off a plastic stamp or bag stamped with the image of Spider-Man that contained a powdery substance. Hampton County School or Assistant District Attorney Matthew Green said in court, uh, the boy told his teacher that he turns into the superhero when he tastes the powder. The boy was allegedly... (laughs) Jeez Louisa, that came out of nowhere. The boy also allegedly (laughs) said he got the bag from the living room in his home. Holyoke? How would you say it? Holyoke? Holyoke. Holyoke. Oh, Holyoke. Holyoke. I don't like that either. 
It's all dumb. <laughs> can, but can we not gloss over the fact that the uh, the assistant DA, his name is Matthew Green, like the Green Goblin? Can we not brush oh, past the Green? I didn't know that. Is that his Green name? Goblin? The the Green Goblin's name is is Matthew Green. No, he's just Matthew Green. I just you know Green Green Goblin. Oh, I see. Because the Green, yeah, that you're outing him as a super Spider-Man. villain yes, when exactly. he's not. Yeah, when he's not being the DA, he's killing Spider. That's all I could come up with because I couldn't come up with a you know something about uh, with. Massachusetts fatherhood comes great irresponsibility. (laughs) (laughs) Something I need to work more on that one. Yeah, uh, this is a really this is a bad this is a dark side of the uh, Spider Verse that we're talking about here for sure. It really is. Yes. Uh, They were called to the school around 11 a.m. The boy was taken to local hospital. Later released. Police contacted the boy's mother, who gave permission for the police to search the apartment. They were uh, there. They found Garcia sleeping in a bag bed with other bags of white powder underneath him. (laughs) Jeez. Just sleeping oh. on your heroin, all right. Well, you know, it's uh, they also make a very comfortable uh, mattress. I guess so. It says, as he was handcuffed, other bags fell from his body. Like this. You come before me with an empty sack. Yeah. <laughs> you better stuck to his body. <laughs> oh, oh, I know. Oh. Ah. <laughs> so much heroin falling from all crevices and corners. Poor all guy. right, I'm trying to figure out what uh, Jedi 71 is doing. One substance, two court, three DA, four hospital, five bags of white powder, six handcuffed. I can't tell what he's doing with this. I don't this. know what he's doing either. What's your pattern? Give us give, give us the oh, punchline. Oh, he said count the red flags. Okay, so th- those are the red flags? Those are the red flags. You mean like, hold on. What? I don't understand why those are red flags. I don't either. I don't know. Okay. I don't get it. He's a Jedi, so I don't know. Maybe he's he's got metachlorians coursing through his veins. I don't know what's happening. Yes. Oh, that's, oh, that's how you know, know the story, story is bad. bad. Oh, is, is this like a fake? What? How did, did it come from Fox News? No, it's not. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> we're. I. I. I don't know what he means by it's fake. You does take, he mean fake or does he mean it's just a bad story? Like uh, you would take the kid to the hospital. I don't know how that's fake. Of course yeah. you would. He's been ingesting yeah. heroin. What do you think you're going to uh, do yeah. with the kid? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I'm. I'm I think Jedi seventy one might be. Smoking the crack himself. Right. <laughs> I think like tasting the Spider-Man powder. Let me ask you this: Jedi said you want to stand up wherever you are. Just stand up. Do a bunch of bags fall from you? <laughs> you come to me with an empty. We never sack. said fake. I guess I just don't even. Do you mean bad story? Like oh, a sad story. Oh, okay. oh, well, sad. sad oh, I thought it was he was all right. Well, sad and bad rhyme. So that story was breaking sad. Yeah. Well. Uh, yeah, hopefully it all works out. All right, hey, yeah. check this out. We'll move on as if we don't really know the people. Sure, and Jedi 71's deal. got some, some work to do on this next one, on this next story. Okay, good, yeah, see what you can do here. A professor who wrote a book, I let, you know I like the uh, Duff protest too much stories. You know I'm a fan. Mm-hmm. There's, yeah. one I, there's one I skipped last week about a principal who banned all LGBT books from the school. Anything to do uh-huh. with any sort of anything... LGBT rate related. He had banned. Sure. And then last week was arrested because they found a bunch of child porn on his computer. So once again, Ugh. but that one just seemed too harsh. And I was like, I'm not even going to give this guy some sunshine. Well, and it's, and it's, yeah, I mean, it's less a, uh, uh, a doth, pro- I mean, his problems with anything homosexual. I'm trying to figure out the right way to word this. Because no, I know, I'm I know what you're saying. Separate those two things, right? Because we're not because we're not trying to say that. Oh well, yeah, exactly. It's not like I complain that cocaine's bad and then I'm snorting cocaine. 
this was right. less of a direct one, but it's basically somebody telling every, everybody else from a high and mighty position how yes. to live their lives, right. and then a glass he's, house situation. Yeah, and then he is living his life in a in an actually degenerate way. Correct. So Correct. still still holds, yes. but it was just kind of grody, so I didn't bring it up. Well, this one I am bringing up. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> a professor who wrote a book on drug crime is uh -huh. now accused of money money laundering, which is a crime, oh. by the way. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Again, you know, the drugs and the money laundering, not the same thing, but often go hand in hand. Oh, yeah. Quite, they uh, work, they work yeah. together quite well. Mm -hmm. A Miami, Miami professor, Miami, uh, who's ex, uh, expert on drug trafficking and organized crime, was charged in the U.S. Uh, this week with laundering money from Venezuela, skimming more than 250 grand of it for himself. Bruce Bagley, age 74, or three, rather, a professor of international studies at the University of Miami, was the co-editor of the 2015 book, Drug Trafficking. Oh, 2015, that's uh, Mad Max Fury Road came out that year. <laughs> Boy, anybody who's playing that drinking game is sloshed by now. Yeah, y'all are drunk. Go home. Um, anyway, um, prosecutors in Manhattan charged him with laundering $2.5 million in the U.S., into the U.S. Uh, again, that the money he took for himself was the 250 k Money that foreign nationals embezzled and got from bribes and other corrupt schemes. Bagley pocketed about 10% of that money. Uh, Bagley, an American professor, contributed to the success of illegal activities overseas carried out against the Venezuelan people, says FBI director in charge William F. Sweeney Jr. Would not mess with that dude. No, Bill Sweeney. Bill Sweeney. FBI assistant director in charge Bill Sweeney yeah. Jr. Uh, it says this dude's from Cora Gables, Florida, appeared in federal court. Uh, he was released on $300,000 bond, co-signed by his son and daughter. Uh, the arrest came as a complete surprise to everyone, and we're just now uh, reviewing the indictment, says his lawyer. Based on my extensive knowledge of Dr. Bagley, uh, both professionally and personally, I'm confident he will be vindicated at the end of the day. Oh, really? Your your lawyer said, your own lawyer <laughs> says that? Weird. Yeah, exactly. Well, he's supposed to say that. Weird. So, all right. All right. So, money laundering, obviously, is when you get you know, either counterfeit money or drug money, and you you basically pay somebody to sit on it, to you know, to kind of hold on to it and give you its equivalent in in money that's been that's not drug money or basically that's that's clean. So it's to speak, it's Tony's get traced back. It's Tony Soprano's um, garbage business. Right, exactly. It's, but yeah. Isn't there is there what what's the what's it called when you take like counterfeit money that looks too clean and too perfect and actually put it in a dryer so that it gets wrinkled up or you like you put it in, you know, like a washing machine to kind of make it look a little faded and, and, and crumpled and, you know, like it's been used. So it looks less conspicuous. Interesting. Isn't that, that sounds like actual, that, right? that sounds like actual money laundering to me, you know? Like, I know, that's the thing. It's like, uh, literal. I know that there is a term for that. Oh, distressing is what, uh, distressing? There's a lot of, a lot of people, uh, it's very yeah, distressing, okay. Brian. Very distressing. It's a bummer that, that there's actual money laundering that you can't call it money laundering because it would get confusing, uh, get confusing with when people <laughs> take drug money bad money and replace it with good money yeah you say to uh, just ask paula dean what are you doing to your money it's very distressing okay <laughs> well done good good job on See? the clip not a bad poll yeah yeah here's us doing it here Brand that's new. very distressing very distressing <laughs> that's us doing it from two from 2013 man yeah that was two years before 
Mad oh, Max geez. Fury Road came out. Jeez. Yeah, Maniacal Industries says, distressing counterfeit money is definitely a thing. It's mainly used for cotton content paper versions. Gotcha. So, yeah, just, to, just basically to make uh, uh, freshly printed money not look so freshly printed. Yeah, there you have it. And by the way, you don't charge it. These these charges are pretty serious capital crimes. They do not get charged in New York federal court willy nilly. He probably did it. They they um, don't move ahead with that stuff unless you get some pretty hard evidence. Yeah. So, uh, moving on. So quit being quit 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 being. Uh, it's all a front. Everything. Whenever you get up and tell somebody else how to do a thing, and in this case, I actually think it's good to have a professor who's an expert in why crime's bad. But maybe don't mm -hmm. do the crime, too. Don't do that, too. You know? All right. Uh, yes, I did, Alex. I used your clip. You want to hear You want to hear Patrick say something? Hold on. Sure. This is, yeah. this is great. Uh, this is Patrick Beja. It's more of a question than a statement. Fine. See? see? <laughs> fine? Yeah, fine. Fine? Really? Uh -huh. Really, really fine. Patrick, Can you, you probably can't can't merge those right you can't do a really really fine not on the fly but i i think okay. it's a good idea for later but if you ask yeah. patrick patrick how you doing fine okay he doesn't okay. really know and then yeah. if i said if i said brian Ibbett, how are you and you'd say okay <laughs> <laughs> now it sounds like i'm pooping scott it does it sounds like i'm going brian you okay in there oh i killed <laughs> every time i knock my table my microphone goes Weird. Hold on. Go back. Okay, it did it. It fixed it. <laughs> what? I've How got, does it go weird? Like, what's happening with your... I have a short that is so oh, finite. This is where you only hear out of one ear, right? Yeah. Only hear in, in one ear? And it's yeah. so finite and so te uh, uh, sensitive. It's in the mixer that if I just tap the table enough, it's like it just gets off enough to kill one of these ears. And then yeah. if I tap it again, it sometimes goes back into place. I feel like I can't even touch my mixer. That's how dumb it is. I got to get a new one. It's dumb, Scott. It's super dumb. All right. Uh, here's another. Speaking of drugs, let's stay in the drug. All right. Yeah, let's let's stick with it. The drug tip. Uh, <laughs> South Dakota has a new slogan for uh, their anti-methamphetamine uh, efforts. Okay. And it's literally right, called. Good. I'm, glad, I'm glad that they're, uh, they're, they're taking charge of a problem that runs rampant in their state. Yep. So good. I'm yep. sure it's a very responsible way to. Uh, mm-hmm. You're, uh, and you're, you're and you're sure whatever name they used is uh, right. doesn't you have know, a double like, meaning or you know any kind of like problem. Mothers against drunk driving, mad. You know how yeah. it like just says what it is perfectly and like communicates exactly what they're doing about it. Great. All right, tell me this new slogan, Scott. Meth. We're on it. Okay. Perfect. <laughs> right. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah. Well done. <laughs> Meth. We're on it. Uh, this is from Christy Noam. She's the governor of South Dakota. Launched her new anti-meth campaign on Monday to bring awareness to meth epi epidemics that are happening there in South Dakota. This will include a new TV ad, billboards, posters, and website. The campaign's motto features the phrase, meth, we're on it. Uh, <laughs> over an outline of South Dakota, the state, and the ad and posters feature people of different ages and races saying, I'm on meth. Uh, South Dakota's meth crisis is growing at an alarming rate. Impacts every community in the state, she says in a public announcement. This is our problem, and together we need to get on it, she says. Uh, oh, I think this, that's a bad. I, I, when I saw this on the internet, I 100% thought it was a joke. Like, all right, that's a funny, a funny joke. South Dakota slogan, math. We're on it. Okay, mm -hmm. ha ha. Mm -hmm. 
No. And I know, but now knowing that it's real, I, mean, I know what they're trying to say, right? We're on top of this. We're we're taking care of it. Yeah. We're on it. Yeah, we're on it. We're but, on this. We're on the case, right? There's no way that anybody looking at that in a in a uh, marketing presentation, yeah, won't say, won't people think that we're just saying that we're all on meth? <laughs> <laughs> well, I hate to. I hate to state the obvious here, Frank, but uh, well, let's say <laughs> let's say they're going more subtle here because I, I could I could see the take that you're you're in the commercials they feature people who are actually meth addicts saying I'm on meth, okay? So they're oh, going to okay. combine the ads with those, and so I can see the idea of saying, oh, you're on meth, you're on meth, you're on meth. Hey, South Dakota, meth, we're on it. Meaning the meaning you're saying. The problem is, I think they're if even if they're trying to tiptoe around it to make it double, that's dangerous. Yeah. Don't do that. Yeah. That's bad. Yeah. It's really stupid. Yeah. You'd think somebody in that meeting would have piped up and said, "Guys, hey, hey, fellas, we're really just leaning into the punch. Don't right? you it's don't like you know saying, that's yeah. the wrong way to say that? If we say we're on it, well, then we're on it. I know. I the heck do you mean? The heck do you mean? They'd say. And uh, you know, somebody probably brought it up and said in the meeting and said, "No, it, you know, it's going to make people think that we're saying we're on meth." And the marketing guy is saying, yeah, that's the point. It's going to attract attention. Like people will, this is going to be a huge viral campaign yep. uh, because of this. It's the uh, the retin linking of, uh, of our national drug crisis. Maybe maybe that's what they are thinking, that this will just yeah. stir up enough interest because it's really hard to get noticed on the internet anymore. So yeah, maybe right. this is how you do it. Yep. Um, let's see, photos of, someone just sent a link to this. Oh no! That okay. The, yeah, I think they're being more straight ahead about it because there's just like this nice farmer, and then there's some kids in a high school football team, and they're just big text that says "meth." I'm on it. No, you're so not. Cap Kipper, Cap Kipper sent a uh, a link to uh, where was this? There was a like a thing that was t teaching people not to jerk their wheel when they were driving on a snowy or icy road because it makes you slide uh you know out of control yeah but the hashtag was don't jerk and drive <laughs> <laughs> oh what were they doing <laughs> i mean again i probably got more attention than I ever would have if it was normal you know yeah so i'm part of me thinks that's the world we live in now that if you want to get noticed you got to do something that everyone thinks you screwed up on but you really didn't yeah i don't know I'm conspiracy. This is your this is your marketing department. This is your marketing department on drugs. <laughs> yeah. So notice, what's the or not, what do they say at the end? See notice the difference uh, or something like that? Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Any remember. questions? Yeah. That's oh, any questions. questions. That's it. Yeah. I learned from you, Dad. I learned from you. <laughs> Which now I hear if I say any questions, all I can think about is that Tom Hanks uh pumpkin suit guy. What was the guy's name? I'm oh um I'm Jack Pumpkins. No, I'm I'm Larry. What the heck was that guy's uh, uh, Larry S. David S. Pumpkins. David That's S. It. Pumpkins. <laughs> I'm David S. Pumpkins. Any questions? <laughs> uh, speaking of him, I want right. to I want to see his uh, Mr. Rogers deal. When's that come out? Yeah, yeah. That's uh, soon, soonish, right? I think Thanksgiving week isn't the Thanksgiving. It might be a Thanksgiving. <clears throat> Maybe I'll see that one Thanksgiving. Yeah. That would be the time to see it, Scott. Yeah, I like There's doing so things. so many on... movies I want to see right now, and we've got the A-list. We should be seeing lots of movies, but want to see Lighthouse, want to see The Good Liar, want to see uh, Ford, 
Fairlane versus Ferrari Fairlane. Oh my see, gosh, uh, you just ruined that movie, Ford Fairlane. That'd be bad if he was in that. <laughs> yeah, that looks really good. I keep hearing that's amazing, actually. Hey, you want to put a? <laughs> <laughs> Is it? Wait, are we getting your uh, Andrew Dice you're Clay? My, you're getting my very impromptu Andrew Dice Clay with with zero practice and zero workshopping. Okay. All right. Well, you got to start somewhere. Yeah, I think it's fine. Why not? Yeah, I'll, I'll start that one off. Well, why I'll not? That one off why not in public where uh, some thirty thousand right. people listen to you later? Why not? Sure. Hey, Jack and Jill went up the hill. Hey, hey. <laughs> I can't stand but Andrew Dice Clay. <laughs> bada bing, bada boom. I'll go on the record and say he drives me crazy. Can't stand him. Don't like him. Yeah. Uh, final uh, story here. Nicholas Cage is in the news. Oh, yeah. Yep. Oh, yeah. Nicholas he is in Cage. talks to star as Nicolas Cage in a metadrama called The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent. Wow. Yep. Okay. Uh, Lionsgate pushed aside several suitors and is in final negotiations to pick up the meta movie project that references Leaving Las Vegas, Face Off, and more. Uh, Nicolas Cage has spent the uh, past several years knocking out low-budget yarn after another. Uh, making uh, disposable thrillers and interesting oddities, sometimes in the same year. Other than the some occasional voice work, the latest major studio release starring the actor was 2011's Ghost Rider, Spirit of Vengeance. So since 2011, everything else has been just weird offshoot stuff. Like Right. Um, you know, you told me that Mandy thing is fantastic. It's I still loved on my it. list that I want to see it. I yeah. loved it. It's freaking weird, though. Like, uh -huh. I've never packed. It's the weirdest thing I've seen in a, in a few years. Like, Weird, weird movie. Yeah, I think it's streaming on something more major than just Shutter now. It's on. But do you like, think uh, it's? Do you think it's the fact that he doesn't want to do big, <clears throat> uh, or that he that he's not getting offered any major motion pictures, or maybe he just likes the indie kind of feel, like maybe. The indie. But some of it's like it. just bad, like low budget bad. Yeah. So I don't know if he's just trying to pay the bills. There was some talk for a while that he was super in debt and had to just take whatever. I don't know if that would ended up being true or if that's still the case or what the deal is, but he's just he's in a weird place. But anyway, this could be super interesting. Uh, Cage could be back uh, in a big way as he finds himself in the center of a hot deal for a project in which he would play the most iconic character in Hollywood, Nicolas Cage. Uh, beating out several suitors such as HBO Max and Paramount, Lionsgate is now in final negotiations to pick it up. It's called, again, The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent. Uh, the Hollywood Reporter has learned the meta movie project uh, has a script by Ton Cork, uh, sorry, Gormican and Kevin Eaton. And Gormican okay. is attached to direct. I, it sounds like, you know, it sounds like it'll be, I mean, I'll watch that, whatever that yeah, is. It's going to be, it's going to be campy <clears throat> and it's going to be like that, uh, I assume, like that JC, excuse me, JCVD, the Jean Claude Van Damme. Oh, right. Um, yeah. I'd probably like Bio that. Pick. Very self-referential, maybe a little bit uh, being John Malkovichy. Uh, who knows? Yeah, I don't yeah. know. When they do that kind of thing, well, what else am I thinking of? Oh, uh, the the thing with um, with Joey in it. Um, oh, extras? Uh, no, not extras. Um, that was uh, Ricky Gervais uh, oh, episodes. Episodes. That was a fun way to do that. That was yeah, and it yeah. was him playing a very yeah. So that is the question: Is it going to be kind of like a almost like a biopic documentary kind of thing, or is it going to be Nicolas Cage playing an over-the-top version of Nicolas Cage? Yeah, that's a really good question. Biopic, Which I, I, hope, I hope for the latter. Yeah, yeah, I want the latter as well. I mean, I'm, I'm trying to think, the only time it ever worked for me that somebody played themselves and, and I could still take it seriously was that um, that Howard Stern movie 
was actually pretty good. Oh yeah, Private Parts. Yeah, and he played himself, which was seems even at the time now and at the time seemed like what are you doing? You don't play yourself in a movie about yourself. Like that just getting ready to getting ready to read his new book right here. Oh yeah, I didn't know he had a new book. Yep, it's uh, about interviewing actually, which is what I think one of his strengths is. Is he's he's a fantastic interviewer. Yeah, he likes um, to. He throws people off on their. On, yeah. on the interviews and uh, gets them to really open up. So did you but order it, a hardbound book from like a book store? Like what'd you do? I uh, went to a Burns and Noble. What year Scott is this? And... What year is it right now? This... <laughs> There's some things that I just kind of like uh, reading like a, like an actual book. But I did go because I wanted to get some prizes to give away on Guess the Connection. Yeah. So, okay. so, you know, that. But then I also ended up picking up a book called, you know, How Not to Be a Dick. Oh, that seems good. Yeah. Seems like the right thing to do. There's like life lessons in here. Like how not to be a dick. I wonder does actually, he does he read his own uh audio version? I'll bet he does. It's probably him. Oh well but, yeah, you know, I wonder how do you a lot of these are transcribed interviews, so I'm guessing the audio version probably would be his introductions and then just the audio of the interviews. Oh yeah. Maybe. Yeah, I wonder yeah. Where, I wonder where he does. Well anyway, you'll have to let us know how that is. Uh, right now, though, we got to take a break. When we come back, Bill, Jury, all that. A song first, please. What have you? Okay. How about that? Uh, this is a Melbourne-born uh, artist named Ben Witkowski. Ben Witkowski. That is a rock and roll uh, name, if I ever heard one before. Mm. No, you're going to like this. If you're a fan of uh, folks like Mumford & Sons or of Monsters & Men, you're going to like this kind of Lumineers kind of feel to this. It's really, really good. The song's called Mountain Man, and it's about overcoming one's doubts and fears to become the best version of yourself. Wow. So do that. Uh, acoustic guitar, violin, harmonies, powerful vocals. Here is Ben Witkowski and the song Mountain Man. Here's the story of a man who tried, man who tried to live his life, a man who knew there was more to this, to sit around, to take no risks, started fine, he wasn't right, had no fear, was sincere, despite his parents' split, At the age of nine, there was a silver line, cause he always thought when he was a kid, Rule the world if he hadn't yet But the sadness came and took its grip On all he had and all he did Get a normal job, don't chase your dreams It's a reason why they're in your fleet So the voice he had not heard before That he would not let win Friend. 
guys time to talk about our good buddies at netgear we love netgear uh yes netgear hey how old is your wi-fi feeling these days does it buffer all the time when you're trying to stream stuff does connecting new devices to it slow it down can it handle all the gaming video calls and large files you're throwing at it and what happens when you try to do all that stuff at once oh man no good comes from that it doesn't matter how fast your internet connection is if your wi-fi router is old and outdated with Orbi Wi-Fi 6 from Netgear, your Wi-Fi will feel new again. 
Wi-Fi 6 is the latest tech that allows more devices to connect and stream simultaneously without impacting speed or reliability. The result delivers the fastest Wi-Fi for all your devices anywhere in your home. Stream in HD, 4K, or even 8K without buffering, eliminate lag while gaming, and connect more devices to your Wi-Fi than ever before. Orbi Wi-Fi 6 is like upgrading your Wi-Fi to first class, you know, like on a plane. It's very comfortable. Lay back, put your feet up. Mm. If you're ready for the West, the West, the best Wi-Fi ever, you can get it today from Netgear and never worry about Wi-Fi again. Check out Orbi Wi-Fi 6 at your local Best Buy or at netgear.com slash best Wi-Fi. That's netgear.com slash best Wi-Fi. And we thank them for supporting this show. But here we go. The moment is nigh. If not now, when? If not me, who? Me, who? Ready? Hold it there. The one soap your family really needs. The Morning Stream with Scott Johnson Man and Brian Ibbett Man. Excelsior! And we're back, everybody. We're All back. Right. All right. I, if, if the question's been asked, I know it's been asked during a, a dozen Ask TMSs, who I'd like, you know, what person, real or fictional, living or dead, I'd like to have dinner with. I'm now changing my answer to Jeff Goldblum. I want to oh, right. I want to go to a, a, a Bonanza buffet or a... Uh, <laughs> Something really kitschy. It'd have to be super kitschy. A casa, I want to go to. I want to take Jeff Goldblum to Casa yes. Bonita and have dinner with him. Yes, that's a great oh, idea. Oh, this, this really isn't food, is it? Though, really, it's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you can't. You can't really call this food, Brian. It's yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. He's so weird. Is this, is this a cheese? Uh, a sauce? <laughs> uh. <laughs> I would be amazing. Who would have been before him, though? Who would you have said before? Uh, probably somebody John Lennon or something like that. Oh, musicy, some music. Dude. Yeah, yeah, some music person, some musicy person, <laughs> musicy person. They exist. They're out there. All right. Yeah. Uh, Bill Duran time. Yeah, Bill Duran. Yeah, let's see what he's got this week. It should be fun. It's always got a fun. Bone to pick with Bill Duran. Oh, all right. I like it when you pick a bone. Bone to pick. Yeah, picking them bones, yo. Here is uh, here is his intro theme, right here. But Bill. Just isn't thinking about danger. Welcome to the show, everybody. One Bill Duran, all the way from the Pacific Northwest and PunishProps.com. Bill, welcome to the show. How are you? Good morning. I am doing fantastic. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, but, uh, let's get this out of the way. Uh, Brian says he has a bone to pick with you. Brian, oh pick, dear, p- pick his I have bone. a bone to pick with you. Yeah, pick yep. his bone. Uh, yeah. So I, you know, went to uh, went to two Joanne's, mm-hmm. two Joanne Fabrics, which are now just called Joanne. It's kind of like the D uh the DKFCing of Joanne yes. Fabrics. <laughs> and uh uh you give you give me this task to build this awesome mm-hmm. uh foam head, but you do it two weeks after Halloween when all they have is <laughs> two millimeter Yayahan foam. Oh no, it's all they're all bought bought out. They're all <laughs> bought out, exactly. And, I think- uh- didn't think of that. <laughs> I, went by, I went by about one piece of uh, their last piece of five millimeter so I can do the nose. Okay. And then I went next door to Harbor Freight Tools and just got some floor mats. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> so hold on a second. It's what, got air bubbles and well, crap in it. Why, what, why the rush on that stuff? Why did it go? Why do you think it sold out just because this time of year? Because of Halloween cosplay oh, and stuff. Oh, right. 
Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. It's almost like someone sent hundreds of thousands of people to Joanne's <laughs> by phone. <laughs> yeah, you got the you get the word out on your channel. We we spread it a little bit here. Like eventually, you're gonna run out of foam world. That's yeah. how it's gonna go. So now I want some. Now I gotta get some. Uh, but I'm gonna use the 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 floor foam and uh, make my. Make my foam head this week. Perfect. That'll be fun. Well, well now Very that cool. your now that your bone's been sufficiently picked, uh, bring us this week's funness. What do you? What is, what's going yeah. on with your world? What's happening? Uh, so today I want to talk about rules. Rules in the shop. Okay. Or oh, more okay. more just like rules for the studio. So, if you're an artist and you work mostly by yourself, and when I got started doing this, that was me alone in my basement building props and costumes. Yeah. When you're by yourself. Whatever behavior you live by in the shop to get by and stay productive is fine. Whatever works for you is okay. Yeah. However, when you start throwing other people into the mix and building your team, it becomes a lot more difficult to co- accomplish anything if all of those people are running on a different set of behaviors and expectations. Mm. This is something that I'm learning now as I build my team. <laughs> mm. There's just more people, and uh, at some point, you have to come up with a set of guidelines and expectations so that everyone's generally on the same page. I like this. Sort of sort of a philosophy for your studio or your shop or your business. Right. I thought you were going to say falafel, but I agree with a that. Falafel, too. yes. That's yes. also good. I also agree with falafels. Yeah. Shop philosophy number one. Falafels every day. <laughs> wow, that's so, how you uh, attract your initial uh, partners. That's how they all get in there. Okay. So, uh, so I'm not just talking about safety rules. Obviously, safety rules in a, a working shop with power tools are important. But these are more rules about how work gets done. Uh, and something that inspired me uh, to kind of investigate this this path is the artist Tom Sachs. He's a New York City artist. Um, does a lot of stuff with found objects. He's obsessed with NASA. And he has a studio in New York City, which I can't even imagine how much it costs <laughs> to rent a studio in Manhattan. Yeah. Anyway, he's got like 10 people working for him, and he's developed a set of rules he calls his 10 bullets. And they are specific rules for his studio that everyone who works there must follow. And if they do, work gets done properly. Okay. And I'm going to share some of them. And I'm not necessarily saying these are all rules that everyone should have or that I should have. But I think the the uh, process of creating these rules can be important. Interesting. So let's let's yeah. dive into some of, some of Tom Sachs' 10 bullets. All right. First one is just be on time. It seems like a simple thing, right? Mm-hmm. If everyone, So we start our work at 10 a.m. every day. And I expect everyone to be there at 10 a.m. every day, and it's not a problem. Uh, if someone can't be on time, they should call ahead of time. Not a big deal. You're gonna make. You're not gonna be on time. Just let us know. Yeah. So again, so that everyone has the right expectation. So that one's pretty obvious, right? Just be on time, so that everyone can get working at the same time. Sure. Some of the other ones, though, I think are really cool because of how simple the instruction is and how much you can accomplish with it. So one of the other rules they have is be thorough. Whatever job you're doing, whatever task you're doing, do the whole thing. Do the steps before it. Do the steps after it. And they have a really great example where a woman is soldering a wire back together and they go through all the steps. She gets her workstation set up. She solders the wires together. She puts heat shrink tubing on it. 
She, but then when she's done, she cleans the workstation and then she puts all of her tools back away so that someone else can use it. And then when she was working, she noticed that the heat shrink tubing is almost run out. So before she's done, she has to go to the shop supervisor, let him know to order more heat shrink tubing. So just that one concept of being thorough encompasses or encompasses a full set of tasks for every task someone is assigned to, and a and a really great expectation that I think is pretty cool. Yeah, that is and good. elegant. You know what's nice is in your case, like in a shop uh, environment, um, I like how many tangible things there are in there. Meaning, mm -hmm. yeah. meaning it's a lot of sort of physicality of, you know, don't. You know, if we're out of the, the the heat tubing, shrink tubing, we need more. Obvious thing. Apply a rule to to the, everything that runs out, everything that's consumed, and yeah. now you have a, a program for that. And it's just very methodical. Like I see it, I do it. It feels like in the digital space, it's harder to do that. It's easier just to shove something to a folder and forget about it. Yeah, uh, I think I think it is easier in a digital space to become disorganized yeah. quicker. Yeah. Um, so for example, and I'm guilty of this as I look at my desktop right now, I would prefer to have zero things on my desktop mm. Sure, yeah. because the desktop is just a catch all for clutter. Oh, and I don't know where to put traction. Yep. Exactly. Yep, same. I'll just save it on the desktop and then it lives there. And then you make a folder on your desktop and you put everything in there mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and then you, uh, and then you look in that folder and oh, okay, I'll make a subfolder. And then before you know it, it's just every file on your hard drive is in that one folder <laughs> on your desktop you're like how do i live like this yeah. yes it's like your own uh it's your own procrastinator to-do list basically exactly yeah. <laughs> um one of the other uh, there's a bunch and uh and it's worth checking out these these 10 bullets uh, another great one that he has is just the concept of confirming with another person that you understand the message they've conveyed to you so this happens a lot when we're working because Brittany and I, we film together and we both have an idea of what we think the video is going to look like in our heads. But just because we both have an idea doesn't mean they're the same idea, right? Sure. So when we explain, I'll explain, oh, I think the next few shots should be this, this, and this. And when I explain it, in my head it makes sense. And in Brittany's head it makes sense, but it may not be the same thing. Getting that verbal confirmation of just saying, ooh, I understand. Or saying, I don't understand. Can you please explain that in a different way? Right. Taking the time to confirm that a message has been understood or not can can fix so many problems with team communication. It's one of those things that you don't realize until you're in a team environment and you've had misunderstandings because people had different ideas in your head that you realize we really need to button this down. We need to make sure everyone knows what everyone's on the same page. Sure. Just having a rule to say just verbally confirm that you understand when you're passing off information should be enough to help alleviate a lot of that. Nice. Yeah. It's good advice. There's a bunch, bunch, bunch more. I really uh, recommend folks check it out. Uh, if you, if you, even if you work on your own, these are good philosophies to work by on your own. Because even though you may not work with someone else, you are working with yourself. And if you leave a mess... There's only one person who has to deal with it, and it's you. Mm. So you might as well save future you some trouble and be thorough. Sure. Thorough is good. Uh, <laughs> he's not just a good author. Oh, wait, that's Thoreau. Sorry. Got that mixed up. <laughs> uh, that's great. Good advice. I think, you know, I mean, you're even you're making me think about my process. Mm -hmm. and, and sometimes... Yeah, it's not even... 
it's not even just people who share an office. It's people who work together even remotely, like mm-hmm. Scott and I. We, you know, yeah. Mm-hmm. And we have we have one guy on our team who who lives in L.A., so he's remote, and these rules apply to him just as much as everyone else. Right. Yeah. And so I I took this list, the, the Tom Sachs list, and I started writing down my own list. And what I found was that I ended up coming up a list with a list of my behaviors. It's a list of how I work. Yeah. I tried to think, what are the things I do on purpose that make me as productive as possible? Yeah. And that I came up with my list. And my there are a lot of sentiments I share with this Tom Sachs list, but I have some other things that are more important to me. Mm-hmm. So it's it's it even if you just do it as a brain exercise to sort of like get a bird's eye view of how you work, it's a really great exercise. Yeah, I think this is really cool. I think I can't think of anybody this wouldn't help. I mean, even people who aren't running their own shop, studio, or office have to work mm-hmm. in some environment, you know, and 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 you know, how, maybe maybe they only have to worry about their stuff, but you know, there's there's ways to improve the way you do things. Don't have to run the place to have it get improved. So. I think that's great. Uh, Tom mm-hmm. Sachs is spelled like you think it is, chat room, S-A-X. So you S-A-C-H-S. Just... Oh, the one I found is S-A-X. <laughs> how come How come 10bullets.com has S-A-X in it? Hold on. Because he's an artist and he's a weirdo. Oh, Probably. Right. That, ex- that explains <laughs> uh, it. Coming from a, a weirdo artist. Thank yeah. you very much. You guys, My you, people can use that word. You're weirdo. <laughs> he also plays the sax. Oh, there it is. Yeah, he's got it in two different places. A Google search will get you there, but yes, S-A-C-H-S. And if you go to his homepage, there's links to it as well. TomSachs.org. Ooh, his stuff's cool. Look at that. Yeah, he's wild. Wow. So my recommendation for today is a short film called Ten Bullets. And it is a short film that describes their ten rules. Uh, and it's it's really fun. It's it's a art house feeling, like low budget, but kind of grand in scope as far as like a orientation video for your employees i think it's really great and it's worth checking out all right 21 number, minutes that's not a short long. film <laughs> have you watched any of my videos lately uh brian <laughs> they're pushing an hour that, that man was pretty yeah. long <laughs> actually do you have data on how your longer ones do compared to your shorter ones or any of that sort of they stuff? they do great okay yep, i do we can look at retention and yeah. if like 30% of people stick around for the whole thing. That's pretty amazing. And and it's a little low for the longer videos, but like 20% of people are sticking around for an hour-long video. I think that's pretty good. That's pretty good, yeah. But there's, but there's no data to prove that the longer ones are more satisfying, right? right. No data proves that. <laughs> there's plenty of data to prove they're an awful lot more work to make. Yeah. I can I can that, give you that data. I think that data, that data exists in tro- droves. It's not just you. <laughs> so true. That's fantastic. All right, well, uh, good stuff as always. Uh, Bill, always a pleasure to have you here. And that's our that's our bonus link. There is that movie, right? That's what you're giving us today. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah yep. you already told us that. Ten bullets, Tom Sachs. Ten bullets, Tom Sachs. Not with a. <laughs> Do not Google ten bullets by Tom Sachs. That no. you get a completely <laughs> different video. Yeah, because if you do, this will happen. You come before me with an empty sack. Yeah, that's an empty sack. <laughs> uh, Bill Duran, everybody. PunishProps.com. Of course, Jin Beard on Twitter. Bill, it's always good to talk to you. We'll talk to you later. See Bye. you later. Bye now. Bye-bye. Bye now. All right. Very good. Yeah, it was good. Now. Speaking of longer and more satisfying, it's time for (laughs) Justin Robert Young. Uh, That could mean about five different things. How long a segment is. Oh, you know what it means. But I think I know what you mean, Brian.
I think I know. All right, here's this theme. The jury will now retire. Nope, wrong one. Here we go. These are their stories. Do, do, diddly, diddly. Oh, I'm terrible with names. And I keep forgetting to play this whenever like the, the debates come up, but here's that. I keep I do all these little clips for, for jury, but I never play them all. Anyway, Justin Robert <laughs> Young, everybody. He is with us, as always, from Oakland, California. How's it going? Hi, friends. How are you? I'm good. Good. How are you doing? Doing fantastic. Doing great. Nice to see you. Oh, look at that one. That's the uh that is the 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 Diamond Club logo with the uh Marriott carpet. Oh <laughs> yeah. <Dragon> Con. <laughs> which has which has kind of officially become the like Dragon Con print now that it doesn't exist anymore. So now it is oh, that's it is the kind of like universally understood to be Dragon Con uh flag. That's nice. pretty oh, that's great. Fantastic. Wow. I love it. I didn't I didn't even know that existed. That's one I would buy. Uh when you, are you still doing stickers and stuff or is that a uh, you don't do those anymore? No, I had to shut that down just because it it's one of those things that you can't uh you you, you can't like just kind of do whenever you want. Yeah. Because you're still paying for Shopify, you're still paying for uh you know uh, other infrastructure things and also it was like uh, it got to a point where i was coming up against deadlines for other stuff that i really needed to finish where i was like oh crap this is when i need to th- uh think about designs for stickers and get them commissioned and get them done and get them finished and get them proofed and get them to the printer and it's like ah you yeah. want to know what so i just blew out all the stock a couple months ago and uh and uh, i'll do merch again but i sure. i you know, not 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 the store anymore. Well, when you do, uh, let Carter and I know. You can get some stickers out of us again. We'd be happy to do it. Oh yeah, I mean, it was it was not for lack of really rad merch. Like I think we made some really cool stuff. Uh, it's it's really just I don't know. This has been like kind of my last like two years is trying to figure out. You know, you spend so much time thinking like, oh my god, I could do this X amount better, Y amount better if I had more time or more focus and. Some of that's BS. You should just kind of work harder. But some of it, I think for me, was like, oh, wait, like if I do take this off my plate almost immediately, yeah. the stuff that I'm working on gets kind of like exponentially better. I have the same issue. And uh, man, has it been hard for me to figure out where to trim anything. <laughs> it's, it really sucks. Because sometimes I'll go, well, there is this one show that doesn't make any revenue, so maybe that should be the one to go. But then I start thinking about how much I love doing it. And then I go, oh, I don't know if I can do it. And then I think about all the fans are going to be pissed if I cancel that one or whatever. Like, I hate that feeling. Oh, but, yeah. Oh, it, it's it's the worst. Yeah. I mean, and, and look, you know, when I uh, at the time that we stopped doing Unfriend Me, it was probably among the like top three shows that was was even like that I was on, yeah. right? Like yeah. I think it had a really good, a very dedicated audience. It still yells at me. Yeah, um, <laughs> I get it all the time. I have people but, always uh, pipe in on something. Like we'll say, I'll be on just a game stream. I was playing Red Dead Redemption yesterday on P- on PC, and I said something about there was some a social commentary about the old West, about how things used to be done or something. 
and the way women were treated versus men or something like that. And then every time something like that comes up, someone in the chat room, huh, sounds like a good topic for unfriend me if that existed. <laughs> and then you just respond, oh, yeah? Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. No, the answer to that is ju uh, just give them my Twitter account. <laughs> yeah. yeah, do it there. Uh, we can do it there. It's fine. Uh, but, but yeah, I mean, look, uh, well, uh, let me just say this. As far as unfriend me goes, I'm about to wrap up this project that I've been working on for the last two years. So mm -hmm. I'm going to have a little bit more time. Maybe we can we can have a conversation about doing a, a short run of Unfriend Me's. Yeah, we'll see. Maybe we'll, maybe we'll do maybe we'll do like a, I don't know, we'll do like a kickstarted season or something. And, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, to be honest, I think the biggest thing now is just uh, we came of age in a world of podcasting where all the projects lasted forever mm -hmm. and i don't know if that is healthy for all projects right mm -hmm. like i do think that unfriend me will be back and unfriend me will be back in a like we're gonna do six episodes right. we're gonna do eight episodes right uh and then it'll go away and that way the six to eight episodes that we do will be researched it won't just be like 30 minutes of uh of googling for me and then scott saying oh look at that <laughs> like, and then, you know uh or and i think that there was an element of that that was great yeah. but it's like i wasn't super well informed scott wasn't super well informed i think we wound up getting to good the the thing that is unreplicatable is the honesty that was there yeah, yeah. and and that's something that uh you you just want to put more of a house around it mm -hmm. and maybe sometimes when we're talking about things that involve you know uh uh experiences outside the purview mm -hmm. of two white married men <laughs> uh that maybe we could bring in other voices yeah. you know so it's not just uh you know the the, the you same need a third having. married white man yeah, that's, that's what right you need. yeah more <laughs> exactly more where more successfully married white men who have yeah. who have no other perspective outside of that that's a great idea yeah. let's do that so i mean i think that that's but but again it's like we could never have that thought when we were doing it week by week right. because then it was always like we were we were stretching to find like the the thing that we needed to do anyway my my larger point is beyond unfriend me but uh i have found uh, a, a a tremendous amount of freedom in the idea of uh, of all right i'm going to go all in on a limited run project, which for this in this moment in time is raised the dead. Yeah. And uh when it's out, it'll be out. And then Rich. I can I can think about what happens afterward. I can think about if I want to bring it back. I can think about what the next version would be, and then I can go ahead with that if it if it's successful. Well it's like you said it's like it. you said, like there is a like if you got into pod, if you were podcasting or just trying to like dip your feet into this stuff in 2000, 2006, whatever, 2005 rather in 2006, uh, you, it, there was a sense that whatever show you started would be the show you would die on. You just die on that hill. Like you yeah. just made it and it was going to go f in perpetuity forever. And it's funny. One of the reasons I started TMS is because I wanted one show that I, that it kind of is that, that should go on forever until someone has no voice or has our larynx ripped out by a, <laughs> a, an alien or whatever. So yeah. just sort of no persists no forever. Yeah, like a lot <laughs> of morning shows do. Those guys die there, yeah. you know? So mm -hmm. part, of, part of me was thinking that that was a good idea. But then I look at other projects, and I kind of had the same 
I've retained a lot of the same attitudes. Like the instance, 14 years old, like we're still going. Like, like I don't know if that has any right to still be on the air, but yet there it is. Like it's a weird thing in your head to kind of go, well, especially in the sea of choices now, it seems like almost like you're better off. If you're going to do a new project, do something with a set endpoint and then get it out there so that it's a thing in time and is and is significantly a thing in time and stays there. It isn't just a, well, we're just doing it forever because we're just doing it. I don't know. This is this is well, and 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 I think also for you with the instance in particular, and I would say also for for Brian with Coverville, you guys have a unique situation where you have some old growth listeners. Yeah, like mm-hmm. you guys were on a platform when it was very young, and so therefore, if the same fraction of the people that were going to pay attention to your kind of content. Like at that point, there was just way less options. And so you have a lot of old growth listeners and old growth listeners very often like don't go away. You you are going yeah. to have a floor for those podcasts forever. Mm, and it right. doesn't matter what you do with it. <laughs> like, we, gave them, can, we gave them the meth really early on when there weren't a lot of other meth dealers. And yeah, exactly. Connected to our meth. Yeah. yeah. And so that is complicating psychologically on two fronts. Number one. You have the element of like, oh, my God, I've been with you since I was a fetus. And now I'm the president of the United States. Right? Uh, and, and on the other hand, you also look at like other stuff that you launch and you're like, oh, wow, that's not to that level. And mm-hmm. in a lot of ways, it kind of can't be yeah. right. It would be odd if it could now right. that you're launching something new. In, in in a field that's way more complicated. Yeah, you're totally right. I mean, this obviously, people listening to this, this is very shop talky, but I think it's probably going to be helpful for some people to hear mm-hmm. this because I think there's some lessons to be learned from from how we've done things and maybe how we're wanting to do things and how things are being done outside of our little been at this for 15 years point of view. Yeah. yeah. So uh, it's always good to revisit that stuff. Yeah, and, and, and look, uh, you know, this is... It, it, I've spent the last two years trying to optimize the stuff that I'm doing Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. that's the one thing that I felt like I proved is at a certain point when you're doing something week after week after week, and we can kind of segue this into America's Next Top Podcaster, which had a very difficult elimination on the feed this Mm -hmm. week, and I encourage everybody to go listen to it. Mm. But at a certain point, the lesson that you want to learn is, can I do this every week? Can I do this when I'm sick? Can I do this when I'm upset? Can I do this when there's a tech failure? Do I make sure that no matter what, I keep this connection with the audience? Or if I skip a week, the first time you do have to skip a week or you do something that's that's not that's out of the ordinary. Do you return to form? Do you get back to it? Right. Mm -hmm. And I feel like, you know, I think at the point that I started trying to optimize stuff like eight years in. I'd proven that to myself. Mm. <laughs> I feel yeah. like it's like I'd, I, I, I've got I the know I to have that. Ethic, yeah. Right. <laughs> right. Right. Um, and so it became, you, you kind of have to make hard choices. And, you know, I, I, I stopped recording everything I do online. I stopped streaming all my recordings. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was an effort to kind of make the mm-hmm. audio a little bit better and the editing a little bit more uh, crisp. So it, it had a better sound quality to it. Mm-hmm. And that comes with disappointment for people. I got an email yesterday yeah. about 
somebody saying like, hey, I really hate the new format for PX3. Mm. You know, I what I loved before was that you you didn't and I'm doing the stupid email voice. And I <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course, yeah, because everyone everyone who emails sounds like that. Yeah, I know. Yeah. yeah, I mean it's just how I'm reading it in my head, right? Sure, <laughs> sure. Uh, but it, it it was basically like it's not what I want. It's not what I liked. It's not what I liked before. Right. And the hardest part as a creator is you really you can get mad at that if you want, but realistically you have nothing to say to it. Yeah. Yeah, because right. it is not what they liked, right? It's different. I, yeah, I, uh, we do. Uh, Hammond and I do soundography uh, to to tape, and then he edits it. But I do Coverville live to a stream, and I don't think I'd ever be able to go back to doing Coverville without an audience because of the yeah. the interaction during the show. Now, with with uh, PX three, you're constantly talking, so while you're talking you're also trying to manage the the chat room and respond there whereas with yeah. coverville there's long swat, swaths of time where i'm playing music where i can be responding and, and getting feedback from the chat room and you know yeah, using that for, for me film sacks always my go-to example of this um mm -hmm. which just hit 10 years so another long one but mm -hmm. that show is one of the shows on the network with the most numbers it has been con consistently successful partly because it's been around for a long time and it's just you know glommed on listeners over time but one of the things I love about it is that it does not have a live component. It would be a different yeah. kind of show. It would feel yeah, it, different. Everybody would, would act a little different. It would suffer from that. So it, yeah, bene it benefits from this like off-air focus, old-school approach to we're making a radio show in a room that no one's allowed in, and then you'll get to hear it when we're done mm -hmm. sort of thing. And I like that yeah. about it. Um, it's nice, tight. It's, it's mean, you know, we don't get distractions from – from the chat or anything like that for doing a live stream. We don't have to try and finagle cameras and stuff like that to make that work. Uh, yeah. Real quick, I do want to say, Jury, Raise the Dead, uh, first episode, enjoyed it. Tina and I listened, enjoyed it. After your, after your tongue lashing last week, Tina and I listened. Gentle and, uh, reminder, gentle reminder. Not I did, lashing. Although I did try to foment a mob of your own listeners to bother you. <laughs> <laughs> I know you didn't have to, yeah. Okay, wasn't it tongue lashing? It was a gentle reminder. Yeah. Uh, enjoyed it tremendously. One recommendation, episode numbers. That's all. Oh, because you didn't know where to start. I didn't know. I was looking at the list because they all came. They're all posted on the same day. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. I, just, so. I I thought I had put numbers in front of the things, but I probably didn't. So no, uh, but that's all right. Yeah. And uh, and the plural of campaigns doesn't have an apostrophe. The small small thing. Small thing. <laughs> no apostrophe. Campaigns. Wait, which one is called? It has campaigns. Campaigns aren't one. Oh, oh so yeah. it's got a campaigns is aren't one. Because it has an campaign, apostrophe. Campaign is aren't one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's why. That's why Jenny Josephson moment. That's all I'm going to say. That's good. Anything else no. about it? Tremendously. I actually, I, I need to put it into. Um, I need to put it uh, uh, into uh, the the America's Next Top Podcaster Discord because they they yeah. certainly oh, have yeah. a right to yell at me. Oh anything. yeah, give them. <laughs> oh, give them the yeah. chance to right turn the yeah. Tail, that was turn a little memorable. I don't remember. I don't even remember listening to it. Yeah. yeah. What's <laughs> the point of this? <laughs> Why should I care? No, listen, I'll start this way. This is how Justin starts all his reviews, and it's and it's whether it's positive or negative. Here's Justin. He goes. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so he'll say, all right, first judge, Justin Robert Young. And he'll go, guys. Yeah. <laughs> yes. 
That's my impression. <laughs> and scene. Pause. Ta-da. Pause. Yeah. I really enjoyed this. Like, oh. <laughs> I know, I know. It's the, really good, that's though. That's when the, uh, the tense uh, reality show music tra- changes into positive reality show music. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that pause. Yeah. That I, don't, I don't know whether or not I have a tell on that. I know it's you a don't. tick, but I don't know whether or not there's a tell that a guy is, is – for for criticism or praise. Yeah, I don't <laughs> right. think you do. Well, I, I never can't know. I can't really speak to that because I'm looking at your notes, so I know what you're going to say before you say it, or roughly. You know, I know, I know you're. Oh, you're... and normally, like in our in our group chat or in our conversations before, there's yeah. there's even more pointed. I I, <laughs> I, I I I try to refine what I'm saying so it is it is constructive. Uh, you yes. know, before before we start. Well, yeah. I, I I personally like it as an intro, and I think mm-hmm. it's your it's not your shtick, but it's it's kind of become a thing, and I, I like it. <laughs> no, ever, it is. Don't ever don't ever let it go. Yeah, it is definitely a thing, and I I do know I do it, but I don't know if I could ever stop. <laughs> I think it is. Yeah. It, it is. It, it just like kind of, you know, like 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 the racking of the shotgun. Rhetorically yeah. for me, <laughs> it totally is. That's a really good description. I like, oh, I like that. Uh, so, all right, before we uh, <laughs> before we go too far down this road, I did have a yeah. I had a, a question of a political nature for you. Go. It's conspiratorial, uh, mm-hmm. but uh, how do you buy? How do you not buy? How do you feel about this particular conspiracy currently boiling around <laughs> that Trump, who somewhat unexpectedly checked into Walter Reed? Uh, the other day, uh, White House says, oh, he's just getting some early tests, so he, he's ready for his vigorous 2020 campaigning run. Uh, it was their thing, but it was kind of off the schedule. It was out of nowhere. Uh, everyone, oh, and they wouldn't let reporters anywhere near anything at, the, at Walter Reed. Normally, that's no big deal if you're just going there. Uh, so they got real weird about that. And he has not physically been seen since. On any videos, any uh, events, any sh- showing up anywhere, walking around the White House, nothing. So I keep th- seeing this video of him walking, which I thought was current, of him walking around the White House when they keep talking about he might. He's leaning towards the idea of possibly forming a committee to discuss the chance of him uh, speaking at the uh, impeachment hearing. That could be but just that's probably stock old footage. Fo- uh, B-roll footage. Yeah, I think it's B-roll. I, I mean, I don't know. Yeah. If you believe this conspiracy, it's definitely B-roll. So he is, he is tweeting. Yes, he is tweeting. Or someone's tweeting just like him. And be, let's be honest, Justin. If I really wanted to, if someone said, Scott, you're in charge of the Twitter account while he's down. I could do it. I could sound just like him. I could say things like, in all caps, greatest wait witch minute, hunt ever. Minute, wait a minute. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> this is actually going to happen. What is? Uh, uh, what what you just proposed. So, Ibit, do you follow the president on Twitter or do you? I do not. No, I, I okay. don't. I get all my, so- I get all my uh, Trump news from Scott because uh, <laughs> I feel like it's... It's uh, un- yeah. unbiased and uh, fair and uh-huh. responsive. <laughs> and I'll tell you what, if there's one person that I know that uh, uh, pays very close attention to the president's Twitter, it would be Scott Johnson. Yeah. So, That's true. Yeah. yeah, Too much, maybe. Uh, here's what I want you to do tomorrow. Oh, boy. All right. All right. Scott, you take a look at the president's Twitter, mm-hmm. the real president's Twitter, mm-hmm. and then you write your own 
distinctly separate versions, and then you read them both to Brian, and Brian has to determine. <laughs> and I guess what's the real? Not, oh my yeah, god, I love this. Whether yes. or not it was a real Trump tweet, or it is Scott pretending to be Trump. And that because is, I want to see yeah. whether or not this is real. I do too. And also, yeah. by the way, that's a really fun game, and it would work on the show, even out of the context of Tuesday's political talk, because it's a nonpartisan effort. Like no, yeah. everyone knows his trip. His tweets are blustery, no matter what side of anything you're on. Well, so, I mean, here's here's the only thing that matters to me is that this is a fairly arrogant statement by you <laughs> to say that you could accurately to the point you could pass the Turing test as a Trump Twitter bot. Oh, I totally could. I totally could. You just I know all of the words. What he capitalizes, what he doesn't, where he puts quotes yeah. inappropriately. Oh, see, like that's all the thing. of it. Are you going to tell me misspellings and uh, oh, weird yeah. capitalization and Co-fe-fe. In fact, here's here's what you no. need to do. You actually just need to email Brian yes. the raw text of both. Okay, I'll do that. You and can't cheat and go look him up though. You have to not. I won't. Nope, okay. I won't. All right. Yeah. All right. And then and then Brian reads them out loud because that's the thing is like you you might have a tell if you're reading them. Right. 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 Mm-hmm. And then he uh, has to read them and then tell me which one was me. And uh, then tell which one was you and which one was the actual president. <laughs> this is a great idea. This is now back in 2006, I'd say, hey, this sounds like its own podcast. Let's make a podcast and have it run from perpetuity. <laughs> Let's do it forever and never end it. All right. So then. Uh, so, OK, so back to the conspiracy. Yes. The theory is let's say he's tweeting from from inside the hospital whatever the theory yeah. is that he's that he's something's wrong maybe gravely wrong and he's in a hospital bed and maybe even if if you believe in the whole someone else is tweeting for him thing maybe not even with us anymore <laughs> what do you do you make anything of this i mean it is weird he hasn't been seen at all since the since the seemingly uh, abrupt trip to that hospital i mean Yes and no. It's not odd for the president to not be out in public and with in a in a forty eight hour span. Uh, obviously, if there was political or media attention around the idea that he hasn't been out, then you might think that he would look to capitalize on that. Yeah. But that being said, let's say that this is indeed a Dave situation. Right. Oh, Dave! I love movie Dave. Movie the Dave. Kevin Klein. The yeah. Kevin Klein. Kevin uh, Klein movie. Sigourney Dave. Weaver is the first lady. I love it. It's the love first that movie. Lady. Well, yeah. we're not sure if he's gay or straight, and he <laughs> in or out or uh, right. No, no, no different, that's a different, different, different. That's different, a different thing. Different thing. Oh, no. different that's where there's Klein. a there's someone named Wanda, and <laughs> she's no, a fish. Wrong, she's a fish. Wrong. Uh, yeah. See this one, Brian. Uh, <laughs> I'm still Kevin trying to figure out how to get into Princess Caribou. I can't do it. So let's just we'll just go back to. Kevin Dave. Klein is a presidential impersonator, and he uh, the president has a heart attack, uh, and is like in a coma, I believe, actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah, and uh, right. Kevin Klein effectively in a Prince and the Pauper scenario takes over the role of the president. Yeah, and then falls in love with the first lady, and it's a thing. Yeah, and then uh, that you, being said, yes, let's say that this is a Dave scenario. Yeah, I love that movie. By the way, keep going. If you were to list in descending order the White House staffs that could keep this secret <laughs> empirically, yeah. I believe yeah. that the Trump administration would be last. Mm. <laughs> it's a fair they point. They can't oh, keep secrets. Sure. 
for anything. Mm. They are constantly right. narking on each other. They are constantly talking to the press. They are constantly yelling about who's an idiot and why they're dumb for doing it. There are few things that are dramatic that happen in that White House that I don't feel that I feel like we don't have at least a general sketch of within 12 hours to Maggie Haberman or Philip Pump. <laughs> I like, think, I think uh, Giuliani would accidentally send a text that's intended for uh, uh, for Donald Trump. Yeah, to, yeah to no, he would press. just tweet, <laughs> new Trump, just as great as the old one. Mm -hmm. <laughs> exactly, yes. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I like the idea of it, not the Dave scenario, because... There's nobody, we're not going to get a double. Like, there's no body double. Nobody can stand, like, the front end of a centaur while he's answering questions from the press <laughs> the way he does, which is really just to hide his pee-pee pad, and we all know it. But anyway, the point is this. <laughs> just getting some digs in where I can. <laughs> sure. Um, sure. I, also, you're just into the deep lore on this. Like, I don't even get, like, like you, you, I cover politics for a living, and you're making references to things that might as well be on the instance. Like, I don't, I just you're, don't know what you're talking about. Here's what you should do. He wears a pee pee pad? Oh, I, I, 100% sure he wears a PP pad. <laughs> there, there are. There's a video of him with Melania going, leaving for golf or whatever, and he's wearing some white golf pants. And the way he moves around uh, absolutely shows a big old freaking fat diaper right in the front. There's no way that's not a diaper. And that's, hey, incontinence. People have it. You get it, especially older people, especially people who have been taking uh, Sudafed every day for the last 30 years to try to stay awake, which is another thing I know about him. I know a lot of deep lore about this president. You do. I do. You do. So... Anyway, the point is, like, there's, you know, that desk, that shot in his old, uh, the the old shot before he was president, where he's eating that bowl of, uh, yeah, thing, and he the says, taco bowl, yeah, the and he's saying, ah, oh, the oh, Hispanics yeah, yeah, love yeah. me oh. and all of that. The yeah. best part of that photo is the part everyone thinks it's, oh, it's the Marla Maples photo in a swimsuit in the newspaper, or you know, there's all this stuff around, all this detritus, and everybody's like trying to, you know, discover what everything is. One of my favorites of all of that is. The drawer behind his desk over there is a little bit ajar and open, and in there are stacks of Sudafed boxes. Stacks of them. <laughs> really? Yeah. And I've never even noticed that. I mean, and Sudafed is a stimulant, and it keeps you, you know, on fire all the time. And I, I think he takes a ton of those, and one of the side effects of taking too many of those for too long is incontinence. You start pee-peeing yourself. So I'm just saying there's a lot of stuff adding up. Now, the thing about the centaur stand... <laughs> That's yeah. that's a known deal. It, I'm going to put this in the chat so you guys can see it. And I think he does it because he's, again, trying to hide the thing. But he looks like the front half of a centaur without the back horse. Part. Oh, no, no. That's that's a fact. Yes. No, that that yeah. is known. Yes. Khaleesi. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, that that's all I had to say about that. But anyway, the point is, like, uh, it wouldn't be unprecedented for for people around presidents to hide a medical thing like it happened with. FDR sure. to some level uh, with his sure. polio. They had a bunch of cases like this. So it's not that crazy. No, 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 no. But that was an open secret. That was a secret amongst like uh, amongst the public, but not amongst the staff and the and, and the press. Right. Like they knew that he had polio and they didn't report it because that was at a different point in which, you know, access journalism was absolute. And if you reported it, then you would never work in journalism again. Mm. Uh, but that, that was not a, like, 
uh, a secret in the room. In the room, people knew, and and the rumors got around. All I'm saying is this: is if they were legit rumors, legit rumors of that, uh, we would hear more than just us yahoos, you know, kibitzing on the morning stream. You think so? We'd have leaks by now. Oh my that would- god! Of uh, you know, because either the medical situation, let's say it's not a double or anything, right? Or he's he is tweeting, but he's laid up and he had a heart attack. Yeah. Are you telling me that we wouldn't hear? Uh, uh... Well, also, like, I don't know why, why he would go to Walter Reed if he did have a heart attack. you got to figure that they have stuff on staff or in in house where they could take care of something like that yeah. right yeah you'd think so although i mean the best of facilities are going to be at the hospital one would think so sure emergency stuff sure but i'm not even sure it would be like a heart attack what if it was like a, I don't know his wee wee fell off or i don't know what happened something bad happened we cut his finger tried to make an orange uh cut an orange open cut his finger off well, i guess they'd still take care of that there i don't know i can't think <laughs> of a, i can't think of a good example of what it would be but hard- i mean because without it like all right, so then the high water mark of embarrassing medical emergencies, at least in our lifetime, would probably be W choking on a pretzel and falling over. Oh yeah, that was a good head, one, right? Yeah, yeah. And who knows whether or not that was the actual thing, right? Right. That happened in the <laughs> middle of the day, so like timeline, who knows, right? Yeah. But that would probably be the high water mark, and we found about that within minutes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's true. That happened right away. There was no way. <laughs> there was no waiting around for that. Yeah, you're right. I mean, you're right. And like most conspiracies, it's all horseshit because you just don't have enough information. So our brains are sewing together. Well, I guess I mean, like, I'm all in for the conspiracy. I just think that that <laughs> this is it is unlike. I mean, number one, my biggest thing against conspiracies isn't that they're that they're not awesome. In fact, we have a whole podcast, Weird Things, dedicated to you know the fact that conspiracies aren't real they're great yeah. uh but the, the the thing that always trips me up is who keeps those levels of secrets right mm. you know and who keeps those levels of secrets forever i get five people keeping a secret but more than that and specifically more than that in the trump administration in this campaign yeah, yeah administration. i don't know I don't know. Yeah, probably not. Do you remember when Bush Sr. barfed on the Japanese guy? That was pretty good. Of course. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Japanese yeah. prime minister. What was that? Okay. Let me just say this. Yeah. After about age five, I knew how to direct a barf if I needed to. Like, at some point, you know, it, A, you got a little time. Okay. You know what's coming. And B, you don't. Your first instinct is to lean to the guy to your right, who happens to be the prime minister of Japan, and then barf yeah. on his lap. It just I know, blew my I mind. I know you back haven't then. barfed in a long time, probably. Yeah, yeah not since <laughs> 2005. Is the last time I barfed. But have you never barfed like just completely out of control, like you know, like like uh, you throw up without any sort of warning? No, ever. I've always had right. some kind of oh this isn't good oh my gosh and I always gag about five times before the real the real uh, action happens. Yeah. So I I, I always feel like I have some warning. I just feel like if you're a head of state and you're sitting at this table, at the very least you go this direction and get it on uh, get it on the Quaker Oats man or uh, Barbara Bush. Sorry, I get her mixed up all the time. 
You do that. Jesus Christ. Or you lean. <laughs> you, Nobody's safe. Or you lean back and go over here or something. You just don't go on the Japanese guy next to you. It just seems like ridiculous to me. It always did. Never understood so that. So the way that I understand that incident is, you know, Bush was a, you know, in the CIA and he, he is aware of international, you know, uh, of norms. So if he gets up and goes to the bathroom yeah. with all the press on him, that's already an international incident, right? Yeah. Like that's something that shows disrespect. It shows all these other things that like he does not want to do. So he is trying to gut it out as <laughs> much as he can. And unfortunately, you know, that was uh, that was that was not not to be. No. I always felt really bad for him. It just seemed like a really bummer thing to have happen anywhere. And there's still there's video of that, man. You can see that. Oh happen. yeah. No, yeah. no, no. That's like a real thing. That's yeah. like uh and I forget when that happened. That was early. Because I think past then Gulf War happened. He became the most popular president of all time for that moment in history. Uh and then he loses in in his reelection campaign. Yeah. Big Big T two thousand says, "Why would you feel bad for him? He's a war criminal. We're not talking about his son. Get your bushes straight." Oh, I mean, th not, that's not the one with yeah. the guy that married uh, what's her name from No Doubt. <laughs> anyway, uh, well, this Big is, T two thousand says he was kidding. By oh, the way. he was that's kidding. Right. We'll clarify. Oh, that. it was yeah. a joke. <laughs> well, it was so it was so obvious. Um, all right, hey, uh, that's awesome. What we've done here, we've debunked a conspiracy. I actually think you're right. I think we would know more about this. Plus, most conspiracies of this nature are usually horse crap anyway in fact i remember back in june somebody was like nobody's seen the president for two weeks what could it mean like yeah nothing it means nothing it means he's probably golfing or they don't you're not paying attention or you're not looking enough or whatever but it is a little weird that from the hospital visit until now no show at all that's a little weird right a i little mean what i would be interested in is now that the kind of truth can be told what are the most serious medical ailments that have befallen presidents that we that just didn't raise to the level of us you know uh, being told well because the... you gotta figure that there's like some for real for real like big fevers and vomiting and dehydration and and some just like some a president has gotten as sick as the most sick either you or anyone you've know have uh, have have gotten. Yeah. That I'm almost positive. Yeah, I'm sure of that too. I'm sure they're run down to hell and back. Uh, you know, there's part. There's some of the well, yeah. They always talk about how, about how quickly they age in their first four years or whatever, and they mm -hmm. get pictures of one to the other. And sure, you could say, oh, yeah. Obama, for example, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Obama looked real old by the end, but yeah. like, no, it's like it's like homeboy who drinks from the wrong cup at Last Crusade. <laughs> it goes fast. <laughs> Chosen poorly, yes. um, but yeah, like there. I think you're totally right about that, and that's the thing they I think they hide pretty well. There's because you don't, you know, what do you have to do there? Well, he's just in bed, and we're not scheduling any appointments between now and four or whatever but but yeah like i think there's some of that stuff but like if if it was something serious and he was in there for palpitations or i don't know then you're probably right we would have heard because because if it was a heart attack yeah that's something that i don't know if they could keep secret 
Right. Somebody would say that. Not right now. In this particular time and place and level of uh, exposure and media frenzy and everything else and, and, and legitimate, like, there are people like Maggie Haberman who have, like, lines in there. Like, she knows people. And I yeah. think they would say to her stuff. So it just doesn't feel like that. This isn't all the president's men where two guys at the post have to figure shit out. And that's all you got. Like it's everybody yeah. everywhere is poking their head in. And I'm, and I'm sure you're right. We would have heard something somewhere. Mm-hmm. Well, all right. Oh, a hundred percent. Yes. A hundred percent. So we've learned that. Like we've learned that. We've learned about how to uh, barf properly. Always barf on the <laughs> Japanese guy to your right. <laughs> Uh, what else? What else have we learned today? Oh, and we learned uh, podcasting is a tricky business, and you should uh, go with your heart, I guess. <laughs> uh, uh, yes. What yes, else? Yes, what yes. else should we uh, tell people about you right now? There's, I know you got some s- cool stuff cooking that maybe even as early as next week we'll be able to talk about directly on the show and play here. But uh, uh, anything else? Well, happening? yeah. So um, next week uh, on the twenty sixth. Just in time for your Thanksgiving travel, the first episode of Raise the Dead that Brian just said was very good before mm-hmm. giving me some real <laughs> minor criticism. Very minor criticism. To the, yes. to the biggest stage he has. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> that will be available on the uh, Politics, Politics, Politics feed. Uh, so go ahead and subscribe to the Politics, Politics, Politics feed. Uh, and then, uh, hopefully, uh, I was talking with Scott that, uh, you know, let me let me put it this way. I've worked really hard on Raise the Dead, and it has taken a lot of time, effort, research, production. I've grown as a podcaster, and I was thinking about, like, okay, well, what does this mean? What do I want out of this? Mm-hmm. Like, big picture. Mm-hmm. And I very much believe that... For a day, this could be the number one podcast in the world. Whoa. Gotcha. I do. That's intense. I know where this is going. That's intense. <laughs> That's really great. Right. Okay. Now, now, that is not necessarily to say that it's going to be the greatest podcast of all time, right? <laughs> right? But the way that these podcasts tend to get there is because you already have gigantic properties and networks. You've got NPR, you've got Wondery, you've got The Ringer, right? You have all these, you have ESPN, all of these gigantic networks that put out, you know, they they put the full court press to push the new product. Yeah. Here's what we have. Each other. (laughs) You're right. Uh, and, And be it TMS, Frog Pants, DTNS, uh, uh, Night Attack, Diamond Club. Uh, What we have is a very dedicated group that we have all shared our resources and our talents over over the years. But what we have not had is the ability to focus the big push on one short form thing. Mm -hmm. And so... Uh, what I was talking to Scott about last night and hopefully we'll be able to do across a lot of stuff is to launch this the way that big networks do and have the trailer go out on uh, uh, the morning stream and, mm-hmm. uh, and and some of the other big 
uh, properties that that I'm involved with or anybody who would like to, to be totally honest with you on uh, the, the podcast. The channel is going to launch or the feed is going to launch on December 5th. Mm-hmm. The, the first episode is going to go up uh, in pre-release on the PX3 feed next week on the 26th. But uh, the hope is that, you know, we can really make this something big and then that can be the proof of concept for us to do it again with other big projects that we that we that we want to do because mm-hmm. I, I i again i genuinely believe that we have something here that not even the big the big networks work at scale mm-hmm. and they have a very small percentage of people that they know will go and try something new from a familiar voice mm-hmm. or a new voice we have smaller numbers but we have a much higher percentage mm-hmm. and so right. Engagement. Uh, that's 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 the idea. Yeah, the idea if we can is, get if we can get people to s- subscribe to it specifically on launch day, yeah, like you know, kind of like yes. the, uh, the, uh, the 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 Diamond Club book, the uh, the Night Attack uh, album, all that stuff. Mm. Yeah, like getting get, getting yep day one uh, movement. It's a great idea. Uh, so I will talk more about this next week uh, about the uh, about the series, and uh, uh, hopefully uh, I'll be able to let uh, Brian know which episode episode two is. And, uh, <laughs> I will, uh, uh, and 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 maybe even Scott will listen. Yeah, I'm going to totally listen maybe. to this show. Maybe. I absolutely am. As you should see it. It's in my uh, here. I'll, I'll read what it says. There it is. My inbox. It says snoozed seven days ago. So I just need to get in there <laughs> and quit snoozing it. You're my you're well, my morning alarm. Here's what you alarm. just need to do. I gave you an RSS feed. Yeah. Just take that RSS feed and put it in your podcatcher, and you'll just have the episodes right there where you already listen to podcasts. It's that simple. Yep. Just mm-hmm. that simple. You're right, Justin Robert Young. Everybody, uh, Justin right. R Young on Twitter. Have a good one. We'll see you. See you, Jerbs. All right. Well, Brian. Very good. We've come again to the point of the show where I have to figure out why you're not in frame. There you are. Okay. Get me in frame. You're in frame, frame. now. Ma, frame right. me. We frame got a, me. We got a tweet I have to read. Uh, okay. All right. From a listener who says, this is from KK. And she says this. Did you know the morning show, Apple Plus or Apple TV Plus's new show? Mm-hmm. Says, did you know the morning show is called Morning Wars in Australia? Just some trivia for you. Good night, says KK. Really? Yep. Yeah. So why couldn't they do that here, jerks? <laughs> Morning war. Yeah. Then they don't share the... everything in Australia is deadly. <laughs> kind of, right? I mean, right. I don't understand why they had to do that. Maybe they have an actual show there called The Morning Show, and they and they cared to, to be kind to those people and not walk on their, their business. But no, not here. Went ahead in Australia, just... Fury Road is called... Mad Max, Poison <laughs> Death. <laughs> oh, yeah. Here's the other thing I know about this. Um, yeah. If the show itself isn't altering itself, so on the show they call it the Morning Show. Sure. Right. But sure, the title yeah, no. of it is the more is the Morning War. It's just Morning Wars. So it's it's just basically you know they. Uh, who knows? Who knows why? Unless <laughs> unless you know there's actual dialogue saying, well, you know, um, uh. We really got to uh, make sure that we have that meeting before we record the morning wars. The mo- <laughs> <laughs> like kind of overdubbed. Like, congratulations, Bill Winterstrom. You have won. It's like that. Yeah. B. Herman, you've got a call <laughs> at the front desk. <laughs> Mr. Herman. Mr. Herman. Paging Mr. Herman. <laughs> 
You guys should hear Dunaway do that. It's very good. Oh, um, he nails it. That's like that's his uh, his best. I might actually have that. Should I see if I have that? Why not? Let's see. Hold on. Okay. Herman. Yeah. 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 Let's see. Uh, we got. Uh, oh yeah. Here we go. This is Brian Dunaway, I think, or maybe this is the movie. Mr. Herman, oh, you have a telephone call at the front desk. It was <laughs> the only way you can tell that that's not Dunaway is because you hear the music in the background. That's the only way you can determine. I agree. I need to get him yeah. to do it again so I can have it on record. All yeah. right. Uh, that's going to do it for uh, today's show, everybody. Thanks for being here. As always, if you're wondering how we stay afloat, it's because of your support and only that, really. Just get over there and help us, please. P- uh, TMS uh, on Patreon is where you got to go. Patreon.com slash TMS. That's patreon.com slash TMS. It's linked on the website as well at frogpants.com slash TMS. So don't worry if you get lost. It's all there for you. Send us your emails. Send us your phone calls. Send us your whatevers. We'd love to read them, hear them, talk about them, whatever. Yeah, maybe uh, not your whatevers. Maybe not your whatevers. Yeah, that's a good point. Maybe keep your whatevers to yourself. Keep them to yourself. Frogpants.com slash TMS. Brian's going to play a song now so we can go. What do you got? That's right, Bambalam. Uh, Kevin Chu, a.k.a. Icor, wrote in and said, Hey, Spambalam, no date for this, so play it whenever you have a free spot. I have one today. Although I should have played a cover for uh, Gidget's birthday, but uh, she went to sleep, so she doesn't get to pick one. Yep. Uh, I discovered this cover of Ram Jam's Black Betty by Spiderbait and thought it was pretty cool. It's a mix of hillbilly and metal rock. And with all this talk of Popeye's chicken sandwiches, let us not forget the best chicken sandwich that was both tender, crisp, and included bacon, cheddar, and of course, ranch. Uh, what was that called again? Uh, that was, boy, look how you gave me time. All right, here it is. The tender crisp bacon cheddar ranch. That's the one. Excellent. Low show is a portmanteau, yo. Signed, Kevin, <laughs> a.k.a. Icor, who's in the chat room. Hi, right. Icor. Right. Uh, yeah, this is Black Betty, uh, originally done by Ram Jam. Um, boy, so many. It's actually, like, there's. It, it's got its uh, roots in, like, traditional um, recordings as well. But Ram Jam wasn't really the first one um uh to record it but they had a humongous hit with it this is uh the spider bait version it uh comes from their album tonight all right all right all right all right 2004 uh lead belly i think was actually the first one that i've got uh written down here as the first performer of of, uh, black Black betty anyway here they are spider bait doing black betty
This show is part of the Frog Pants Network. Frog Pants Network. Get more shows like this at frogpants.com. Great.